0: Hello, everyone. Rurikon here coming at you with another episode of the Frozen Sodium Throne. I'm here with Akalon, and we are going to be talking about a wealth of topics, a wealth of topics, a oh, variety yeah. of topics. I can't even speak. How are you doing, Akalon?
1: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of topics today, which is actually weird because it's been kind of a lull, you know, in the gaming yeah. space. Uh, so there is a lot of things to talk about. You know, we just had Preach coming back from Blizzard with a whole like list of goodies that hopefully we'll see soon. You know, there's like, I know that he did a shit ton of interviews with a shit ton of people. So oh, yeah. I really hope that those things are coming to us. Um, You know, we've got gaming news and all the rest of it. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Remember you guys can watch this uh, on YouTube or anywhere else where you get your podcasts. Yep. Links should be in the description down below.
0: Spotify, Google, whatever, all of these things. This is available yeah. everywhere. Um, so yeah, since you brought it up, let's talk about the preach thing, because I know that you've already mm-hmm. watched some of the stuff that he talked about in his, um, return stream kind of, I haven't gotten around to, oh, yeah. to watching those yet, probably going to watch those later today, but, uh, tell me yeah. what's, what, what have we known so far? Cause like the only thing that I've seen was, uh, him being on the, the statue with Ian. Yeah. And I, I thought that was a really good troll. They were in the statue and he's just like sitting there. Eating Pringles, and then he's like, "Hey, you want you want a chip?" And Ian just turns around to him and goes, "Like, didn't you quit?"
1: Yeah, like he spoke about that. You know, they had this idea for what they wanted to do, and Ian was well up for it. Um, so first things first, uh, breach spoke about the fact that Blizzard gave him full access, like absolute. They they told him he can speak to anyone, he can do whatever the fuck he wants, he can go anywhere. The only place he wasn't allowed to go was the financial department, which obviously makes sense. Even though people could meme on it, it does make sense. Most companies will not just let you go trek around through their financial department because um, there is sensitive information there and all the rest of it. But yeah, he was allowed to go literally everywhere and speak to everyone. And one of the nice things about this is that once we do get those interviews, uh, they had no time limits. So this wasn't a case of he, because that was one of his things. He emailed Blizzard and he was like, look, if I pay for my ticket, I pay for my hotel. I pay for everything. Will you give me full-blown interviews, no time limits whatsoever? And I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, if, if that's what you want, uh, that's what we'll give you. So uh, he was able to talk to them, not just ask them questions. Now, uh, out of that, there's about, there's two things that really stood out to me, uh, at least in the things that he spoke. We we reacted to the, like, f- three hours of, of his live stream about the Blizzard stuff. Uh, the first thing that really stood out to me is uh, him and Ian had this discussion about uh, development of like systems, you know, like Torgost and those things and mm-hmm. how they just completely get forgotten. Uh, and Ian was like, you know, uh, whenever they design these systems, the way the design timeline works Because Preach basically said to him, it feels like you guys just give up on systems. When they don't work, you just go, well, fuck it. Just give up and move on. And Ian was like, no, that's not how that works. Because by the time the game launches, we're already developing the next game. Those systems are designed for a singular expansion. That's it. So we don't design them for anything extra. We don't do anything extra with them. And we're already busy designing the next thing and Preech pushed back. And he was like, but that's such, that's so much waste. Yes. You know, we've spoken about this before, you know, you're and people need to understand the amount of waste here. First and foremost, you have just the literal developers that worked on the system specifically. You're wasting all of their time. You're wasting a lot of technological time because a lot of these new systems have technologies in them that, you know, was designed from the ground up. You're wasting asset Time because someone had to make the assets for those to work. You're wasting QA time because QA testers actually have to fucking taste the thing that you're making, right? So you're wasting probably millions of dollars worth of things. Ian then responded and said, "Well, we don't view it as a uh, view it as waste because we use those technologies again and again and again. You know, so in this one, you can sort of look at Island Expeditions. If it wasn't for Island Expeditions, we would never actually have had Torghast. Because the technology that sort of birthed Island Expeditions was used and adapted for Torghast. You know, the whole random spawn and AI and all that shit. Mm -hmm. That got used in Torghast. So they don't view it as a waste of time. But Ian did say that they're changing their entire philosophy around these things. So they're no longer looking at World of Warcraft as a this expansion is this expansion, and next expansion is its own thing. They're looking at it now as a whatever we design now needs to be important, you know, for all. Finally, it. It, it's it's like yeah.
0: it's in the case of Torghast, it's, it's particularly telling because just, mm. interestingly enough, just yesterday night, I was actually playing Torghast with a very good friend of mine. And we were having a yep. good time because, like, he wants to farm Torghast to get, like, something. Because he's still, like, my friend just has a very meta mindset. So he wants yeah. to do something. I'm like, bro, whatever the hell you're doing two weeks from now, it's going to be worthless. I don't care yeah. about any of this. Like, I just want to do some Mythic Plus, have a good time. I don't actually care about any. Of this. But he's like, no, I, I got it. I need to get this one item. And I was like, okay, fine, whatever. I'll yeah. go do Torghast with you. I don't care. We jumped into Torgast, yeah. and it was like the the latest version that they did, which is actually uh-huh. not about you navigating levels. It's more just you go in, there's an arena, there's a boss fight, there's crazy powers, and the whole thing is you break the game. Like, Torgast is yeah. all about break. Like, to give you an idea, my build in one of the runs that we were doing was like every time somebody hits me, there's a chance of triggering Ignore Pain. Every time oh, Ignore shit. Pain gets triggered, there's a chance of it triggering a shield wall.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then I had like three or four times the power where it's just like you heal for 80% the damage of Thunderclap. So it stacks. So it's like, I don't know, a 100 and not, not even, 240% of Thunderclap's damage comes back to me as health. And then I had like yeah. plus 500% Thunderclap damage. It's ridiculous. In another build, yeah. it was just like, I have infinite executes with 100% more damage. And I was like, yeah. this, this is why... the you just destroy everything in the game. At one point, I did like a 1.6 million hit. I don't even know where yeah. it came from. I just saw like a big-ass number on screen. I was like, I don't know what happened. So it's like, <laughs> it's still entertaining. The biggest problem with Torghast was the fact that it was mandatory. But it, is, it yeah. is important that Blizzard does realize that these systems are good. Like the same way that a lot of people, they missed the Mage Tower. And so yeah. they, they actually implemented the Mage Tower permanently. They removed it recently because of like the character balancing right now is fucked because you have conduits, you have talents yeah. which double up on conduits and it's just like, until they disable conduits characters are going to be busted beyond belief. So they yeah. remove the mage tower but they're adding that back in I think later in Dragonflight as like a permanent system. and mm. it, It's good that they're finally looking at it like that because if yeah. you think about it like and you look at an, another game like Final Fantasy XIV, Palace of the Dead is still there. It Was launched during Heaven's Word, still there. Yep. I I'm yeah. still running it because you know I think it's fun every now and then just jump into random dungeons, whatever. Uh, Heaven yep. on High, still there. Uh, Eureka, still there. And there's actually a community scene around Eureka to do the final raid because it's a super complex raid in terms of organizing people. It's not a very a yeah. terribly hard mechanically thing, but so the community does like runs all the time and you just join a discord and they'll tell you exactly what you need to do like i went in there and i thought it was so cool because it was almost like you know when you're um when you're boarding a plane and you have the the hostess which it was also it was also a a woman that was you know giving people tactics so she would just say okay tank buster incoming please move out so it's just she was super nice, super kind, but but it definitely felt like a very guided experience. And the community organizes all of these things because yeah. you know the systems are still there. This was introduced during Stormblood, like freaking two expansions ago. They're still doing it. So I, I, yeah, I'm definitely happy to hear that Ian is like going, okay, we're trying to do things that are gonna last a little bit longer because they should. You shouldn't just waste systems because they didn't work. Oh, you yeah, improve on them until they can work. Or discard the really bad
1: ones, but yeah. It's not even a case of them discarding it because it didn't work. It's a case of they never even planned for it to go forward. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. By the time they're... So according to Ian, by the time the next expansion launches, they're almost about a year into development of of the next expansion, right? So at that point, they're not adding any of the systems that work in World of Warcraft they're already all the new expansion is basically already being done so they're just continuing with that they are changing that the other thing that sort of links into this very heavily is um story so uh breach had had a chance to sit down and talk a little bit about story i don't think he spoke to Steve the Newser, but he did speak to someone else that's actually very deeply ingrained in the story as well And uh, they basically said uh, their approach to World of Warcraft has always been, you know, every expansion has its story. The expansion starts with that story and then ends with that story. Like that story comes to an end. They are redeveloping and redesigning that where stories can take multiple expansions to finish. So in Dragonflight, some of the stories that's going to start in Dragonflight will only finish in the next expansion. Uh, We're only seeing these stories now for the first time. So it sort of couples into that. And basically my takeaway from that entire conversation was Blizzard is no longer treating their expansions as individual books. They're treating it as chapters part of a book. So you have, you know, every, because up until now, that's basically what WoW has been. Every expansion is its own story, its own book, its own thing. And next expansion is a new thing they're changing that entirely, where expansions are absolutely going to build on top of each other, and they're going to do their own thing. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out, because it is dangerous. On the one hand, there's immediately questions that came up from my chat where people were like, okay, wait, Akalon." But what happens now if you have, um, you know, if you have someone that starts next expansion, so he doesn't start in Dragonflight, he, he starts in the expansion after Dragonflight, will he not then just miss like half of the fucking story? Because, you know, he didn't play Dragonflight. And I was like, well, yeah, but that's where Blizzard comes in. Blizzard has to force him to play Dragonflight. Yeah, <clears throat> I agree. He needs to understand the story of Dragonflight.
0: And and a lot of people are gonna are gonna give pushback on this. And I, I've talked about, you know, my experience coming back to Shadowlands and how it was just like a fucking jumbled mess of like the game pushing me towards Xerath Mortis. And then it's like, okay, I finished Zarath Mortis. I understand almost nothing of what the fuck just happened. I mean, I know a couple of things from experiencing the story outside of the game, kind of. But it's like, it was really dumb the way that it was kind of like, you know, put in a way where the player can just like skip a bunch of story where it would have still been a better experience. If it's like, no, you go through your campaign and then you do the Korthy campaign and then you do the thing. The problem is the amount of like time-gated systems and filler content that is in there. So I kind of feel yeah. like if Blizzard is able to pull off the story of Dragonflight in a way where there's actually no filler and most of the stuff is like, you know, the grinds and stuff like that is backloaded because we, we yeah. know we're going to be grinding Reputation through the new renowned thing for the different Dragonflights and all of this stuff. So if all yeah. that stuff is backloaded and doesn't necessarily include like massive amounts of story, I think it'll be fine to get players to go through a campaign and just like experience that and boom, done.
1: Mm. Yeah. Uh the other thing that may may make you very happy is um he spo- he sat down and spoke to uh like Halinka. Uh this is the guy that designs classes in World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. and uh, he asked Linka about the new class system and how the new talents and things work, and Linka was like, okay. So, actually, wait, before we talk about this, I have to okay. just say this, because this was mind-blowing. Uh, he spoke to Ian, and he was like, okay, Ian, what do players in World of Warcraft do? And Breach said, because the reason he asked this was, you'll always go on the forums, or you'll watch a YouTube video, and people are like, yeah, players don't give a fuck about this, no one does this. Everyone hates this, whatever the case might be, right? And so we asked Ian straight up. He's like, what do players in World of Warcraft do? And Ian was like, everything. There are players that have never raided, but they continuously go into dungeons, and they do dungeons. There are players that have never even played the new storylines or the new dungeons. They only farm old stuff. Then there's people that only raid and people that only... And Ian said, there's literally not a part of World of Warcraft that isn't populated by some kind of player uh, that is doing something there. So the whole notion that we like to have in our own little bubbles where, you know, oh yeah, no one fucking does that is just wrong. There's a lot of people that do a lot of different things and WoW. Uh, and this is sort of the challenge. Uh, the reason I mentioned that is because Brian spoke about this. This was their biggest challenge with the complete overhaul of classes in World of Warcraft. It's like, if you have someone that isn't, let's say hardcore, right? And they don't really know anything about combat. If they changed the classes so much along with a brand new talent system, those people would have been up in arms. They would have been so angry because they don't understand jack shit of this new fucking thing. And now there's new talents and they don't understand any of this. And they don't even want to do combat uh, because apparently there are people that just, they don't do combat in WoW. They're minimal. They minimal. They'll they do all raids, and they only have like one spell that they use to clear the raids. They don't frost really Bolt. give a shit about anything else. Yeah. Frostbolt or like an AOE thing. Right. And Matt, um,
0: you remember that, that old meme video about shamans. Imagine a player actually uh, being like that, just running everywhere going like frost chuck!
2: Um, <laughs> frost jack
0: it, it
1: and that's it. it i can i can see that because whenever you if you're playing a warlock for example in the old days before you needed burning embers in order to make shit work or soul shots nowadays um i would just when i run ran old stuff for mounts and stuff i would just drop rain of fire that's it that's literally the only thing even for bosses just rain of fire takes like three hits instead. no questions asked right why would i press anything else um so this is sort of their challenge but he did say that next expansion people can expect things to get crazy as fuck in the talent system department he said because then people will be used to the new talents uh those people that don't give a shit about knowing anything about combat can just always go for the preset yeah because there's the, there's actually- a starter build yeah i, I was yeah. actually
0: surprised when when i first logged in um after the the pre-patch because i was expecting it to be like it's always been in the past which anyone who's been through a pre-patch where your class receives significant changes what happens is they basically just delete all of your talents and they just they not delete but they like they just unselect all of your talents and give them all to you and they're like okay you have to redo your spec again And you would then have to spend, like, you know, maybe 30 minutes or something researching the things that you want and whatnot. And this time around, I just log into the game and it's like, yeah, it's all done. Like, they they do everything for you in a very simple build because you can change it literally anywhere at any point, so long as you're not in combat. Like, even, I think even in the, I haven't tried changing it in dungeons because I go in with it done, but I think even in dungeons between pulls, you're like, yeah, I want this one now for this boss. And you can just swap it. Apply it and you they, get to the go. They
1: might they might stop you in Mythic Plus, but that's because they've always stopped you in Mythic Plus, right? Uh like in Mythic Plus I haven't you, tested you it. Can't I can't really to. fuck around with it. Uh which I've never agreed with because I kind of feel like if you're a Mythic Plus player, why can't you optimize? If you want to optimize, you can optimize. But I think their thinking is if you have random groups and you have like the healer wastes everyone's time between pulls because he's changing his entire fucking talent system, right? Uh, like Everyone's going to get annoyed at that. So that's probably why they lock it and just say, I, no, but, but here's the thing. your fucking talent and be done with it.
0: I don't even know if they lock it. I'll actually have to test it next time that I'm in a Mythic Plus to see if I can change it or not. Because I've been doing quite yeah. a few Mythic Pluses recently, but I go in with the build already made and I don't change it.
1: Yeah, so basically they're getting crazy with it next expansion. And we know this because they're already working on next expansion. Uh, like he said... Uh, they're going off the rails because it's talents. You can't have everything. So they're going to give you juicy fucking options and you're going to be like, fuck, what? what do, why can't I have all of this? Uh, yeah. But you can only have one I'm, or two and that's it.
0: I'm like already there as a word, because like, bro, you're making me choose between Avatar and Shockwave. Of course I want both of them. <laughs> like, what do you mean? And then it's like, oh, yeah. I have to choose between... Like shield charge and some other thing that I want is like, I want both. Like, I mean, come on.
1: But yeah, yeah there's, but that's there's tons the good of stuff. thing. Yeah, it is. That's what RPGs is all about. It's about that choice and that trade off. And especially with MMOs where the amount of RPG that you can actually have is limited in some way, um, talents is like the perfect place to let people feel that sense of accomplishment but also loss that sense of gain and loss, where, okay, I gained this really powerful spell, but I also lost like two really weak spells and also a strong spell because of the path that I had to take in order to get to this strong spell that I yeah. wanted. And I'm happy for the spell that I got, but I'm a little fucking annoyed that I couldn't get this other one too, right? Yeah, and but- that's just the nature of the game. That's the nature of playing the game.
0: That's, so I'm that's really excited thing. for all that. Yeah, that, yeah that's, that's I'm, actually I'm right there thing. with
1: you. Yeah, so they have a bunch of things apparently planned for uh, Dragonflight, but also a shit ton of things planned for the next expansion. Uh, Dragonflight is sort of like, according to them, this is their 2.0. This is their, like, this is a new thing. They call it the third act of World of Warcraft. So they're basically saying this is the third act. If, um, according to them at least, if you look at World of Warcraft, Act 1 was classic or original vanilla, uh, all the way up to of Adreno. Then you had of Adreno going all the way to Shadowlands. That was Act 2. And Act 3 is now Dragonflight and Beyond, is Act 3. And it seems like from what Preach have said, they're basically now building what we've said for a while they should be building, Uh, One of their main challenges that they're not yet sure how they're going to deal with it is communication with players, Uh, especially around things like how do you teach players how to play the game uh, with all these talents and things. So this is something they're still trying to figure out because, yeah, they they want players to understand that certain things because they basically preach asked about things like old school combustion and old school alter time that was specifically mage things. Um, but I can even talk about old school Soul Swap for uh, Warlocks. So m- most people didn't know how Soul Swap worked, because Soul Swap removes all of the dots from. Uh, uh, it doesn't remove; it copies all of the dots from a from your target, and then you store those copies for like a cup, like twenty seconds, I think, and then you can reapply all of them at once to another target. Uh, and that's how it worked. Now, Blizzard went through multiple iterations of this because at first you could literally remove it and apply it straight back to your original target, mm. which obviously you're just wasting DPS there. Um, so there was... And Blizzard constantly tried to update this to kind of teach players that, no, this is not a general part of your rotation now. The, the point of this is if you have two targets, you take the dots from one target and throw it onto the other target... That's the point of it. But most people didn't know because most people thought, well, I'll just refresh all of my... I just reapply all of my dots to a second target. It doesn't take that long. It's easy. Uh, And that's why ultimately things like SoulSwap got removed because the vast majority of people didn't use it. Uh, The same with Alter Time. They removed abilities. And this is where I sort of have a problem with Blizzard's answer. The reason they remove sort of sometimes very fun abilities from very advanced players because even as a warrior you would know that there are there are certain things that only advanced advanced warriors know that most of your warriors never even do because they don't know that this thing actually works
0: like back back in the day most warrior tanks wouldn't know that like oh i'm in the middle of a fight uh boss moves away i'm in defensive stance i have to like run all the way back to where the boss is In reality, what you should do, this was like very much back in the day, you like swap the Zerker stance, intercept, because you couldn't use charge on combat, but you could use intercept, which was basically a different version of charge. Now, intercept doesn't even exist anymore. We used to call that stance dancing because you'd be like in the middle of like doing a boss and you're like, oh, I'm just going to yeah. swap out of this stance, go into a more aggressive stance, charge into the boss. It was the same thing for like uh berserker Rage. So you'd be able to, you'd be in a boss, boss about to cast fear, you don't really have a way to deal with fear in um, defensive stance. You'd be like, no, nope. Zerker stance, Zerk rage, immune to fear, swap back to the, the battle stance. Yeah. I'd be stance dancing all the time. I loved it. And then Blizzard got yeah. rid of it because apparently it was too complicated. Most players like, I don't want to stance stance. What the fuck is this?
1: You uh, see, the like, reason oh, wait, wait. Blizzard... So the other thing that I used to use inter, uh, Intercept for when it was still a thing, but not that way back because I didn't play a warrior all the way back then where you had to stance stance. But even when they got rid of all the stance dancing things, you still had intercept just now as a prot warrior. And what intercept would do, which would make it fucking valuable, is you would take a portion of the damage that was on another target. No, that's not intercept. That's intervene. Uh, Intervene, excuse me. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Intervene. Uh, The issue with those abilities is that very few people use them. As a warrior tank, I would use them quite often because. If I know there's a big hit coming on my off on my tank, I don't I'm not tanking was, anything for a while. I'll just intervene, right? It was
0: actually it was actually something that I did back in the day um in Syndragosa because I remember it had some mm-hmm. kind of a mechanic because when we got the Sindragosa, both yeah. both me and the other tank were extremely undergeared. So yeah. what we do is I just tell them, Hey, listen, okay, so you're gonna main tank when the tank busters come, I'm going to intervene. You were going to take it together. <laughs> so yeah. we, we'd come up with these, because intervene was actually something you even had the talent for back in the day. And yeah. like very few people with talent for intervene because it's just not particularly useful. But we were just like, oh, I'll just intervene. We'll eat the tank buster together. It'll be exactly. fine. And yeah. we'd use shit like that to survive.
1: Yeah. You see, the same thing with uh, like sacrifice. Uh, aura of Sacrifice or the ability that Paladin's, had. I can't remember what it's called but you can literally sack someone and that gives also transfers like a shit ton of their damage onto you, um, which again, as an off tank, as a Paladin off tank, I've yep. used that constantly but again, these are more advanced mechanics, this is not something that your ordinary run of the mold is going to know how to use and Blizzard removed a lot of those abilities because they saw like 5% use only five percent of all players were actually using these abilities, and so Blizzard was like, "Well, okay, never fucking mind." You know, uh, we'll just remove this and put something else in there. And he sort of he, he pushed back and he was like, "Yeah, but those were really fun abilities." Yeah, exactly. You it's know?
0: fun to be able to do those things. That, like, if you yeah. really excel, you should be able to just like, no, I excel at what I'm doing. Therefore like I'm going to be a little bit better than some of these other players that don't know how to yeah. do this. A, a lot of people would even like make videos or forum posts teaching people how to do it, but some players quite simply they don't want to be bothered. Not I'm not blaming them, they don't have to, but it's like no. why why remove these things even though they're being used by a very small part of the community? The important yeah. thing is they're there and let the people who can excel excel. Like what's yeah. what's the big deal?
1: But that's where Brian came in and he was like, "Okay, uh, the thing that they're working on currently is that communication thing. So yeah. when they apply or when they add these really complicated... Because it does sound like next expansion, those complicated abilities are coming back. Like a lot of the complications are coming back. Um, and and Because uh, he was speaking to Brian Alinka and the guy that made the Evoker class. Um, and he was like, okay, the thing they're working on now, the thing that they're trying to hone in on is... How do you communicate to players how this ability is supposed to be used? Because they uh, they understand that only 5% of the players used it because only 5% of the players actually understood what the fuck this is, you know, and how this works. So their main thing now is trying to figure out, okay, how do we teach you how this works? So if you have something like Combustion, uh, which I understand why Combustion was completely broken uh, because that wasn't just a case of it being you uh, know, difficult to use. It was a case of you needed an add-on in order to use it. It was actually one of the first things in World of Warcraft where if you if you couldn't use it without an add-on. Uh, I don't know if you know what Combustion did.
0: No, I, I'm assuming that's a Warlock thing or fire, a Fire Mage? Yeah.
1: So Combustion would basically take your Ignite procs and it would consolidate them into one crazy fucking dot, right? So basically what you wanted to do you wanted to get your Ignite as high as possible. Now, the way Ignite used to work is every single time you crit, uh, it would add a fire debuff uh, to on a, as a fire mage. You would add a fire... Or every da- all damage you do would add a fire debuff uh, to the target. And I think this lasted for like six seconds. But Combustion would basically take that and make it like a 20-second or some shit dot. Uh, so basically, the way you wanted to do it is after you Pyroblast it for a number of times that crit... Uh, you would want to use Combustion. But you need to be able to track how, on what damage is your um, DOT now. Because mm-hmm. if you Combust, because Combust was on a longer cooldown than what the DOT actually lasted for. So if you Combust and you're not at max damage on your on your Ignite stack- It's a uh, DPS loss. Stack, you lose a shit ton of DPS. Yeah. So basically you needed an add-on that effectively just told you right this is how much damage you have now on that pro- on that dot and then when you see that number high enough you go combust <laughs> and that would then consolidate all of that and just put it neatly onto the target as a massive massive uh, debuff for the target uh it's sort of a brief overview because i didn't play mage at the time yeah. my friend explained this to me because he's a mage player um they had to remove shit like that because they don't want you to use add-ons. You don't want to, you have abilities where you have to have add-ons. Uh, but yeah, all in all, I'm really looking forward to uh, those interviews because I think those yeah, interviews gonna be Yeah, the Preach videos.
0: Those are going to be awesome. Yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah, and I'm excited for Dragonflight, you know, considering everything that I've heard and everything that we're seeing, it looks like Dragonflight might just turn in, into one hell of an expansion. Yeah. Um,
0: so oh, yeah. I, want, I wanted to bring up a, a different topic. I mean, it's still about Dragonflight, but I wanted to bring up the topic of the, um, the videos that they've been putting out, the Legacy videos. Like, how have you been feeling about those so far? Because I have a, a bit of a theory that I want to run by you. How has that been so far for you, though?
1: So what I like about the Legacy stuff is it's giving... New player specifically. So nothing in those legacy videos have been groundbreaking, at least not to someone that knows the lore. So yeah. me and my mods have been sitting there mainly just going, oh, this is cool. <laughs> yeah, you because know, uh, it's not like it's news to any of us. We're like, yeah, we yeah. know all of this shit already. There's been some very interesting things, like some reveals and stuff that obviously we didn't know about. And then they show it and like, oh, wow. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, but I like the fact that it's introducing players to a brief, it, it gives players a brief introduction to the story of Dragonflight or specifically of dragons. Uh, you know, the 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 um, aspects, so to speak. Because if you're a new player, you've never played World of Warcraft, all you have to do is watch the legacy things and you're done. And we already know that those legacy things are going to be in the game. Because they've always been in the game. Yeah. Every single time Blizzard have done these sort of uh animat- animatic videos, uh, they're always coupled to some kind of quest, some finale or some shit. It's a it's a cinematic that goes into the game. So new players are gonna at least know the brief story behind the dragon. So I am well on board with it.
0: I've been um I've been noticing something with this um with this last one, because I, I reacted to it yesterday. And I've noticed something that to me is an extremely important thing because I've I've been saying that one of the things that Blizzard should try to do, because right now, what is one of the biggest... What do you actually think is one of the biggest problems with World of Warcraft? Like looking at it from a more um, overview type of thing, like not pointing out a specific thing like, oh, it's the systems, it's this thing. like What do you think overarching is potentially one of the biggest problems for World of Warcraft right now? For its success.
1: Um in a word disconnect, uh there's there there's it's just it's difficult to connect to the game. Very difficult. Yes. But of course, you and I are gonna have different answers probably because yeah. we focus on but, different but things it's, in the game.
0: But it's interesting because your your answer kind of like also touches up on the thing that I'm going to say, which is the biggest problem is the new player experience. It's mm. like You can keep bringing back old timers like me and you because we've played this game like for years, a long, long time ago. And just like us, we can probably think of like a group of people that we personally know that they will want to play the game and they'll want to come back and do all of these things. So it's easy to get those players back for at least a month or something like that. It's not particularly hard. But a brand new, completely new player that has never played World of Warcraft? No, that's hard. That, that's damn Very near impossible difficult. right now because they're going to be sent to Exile's Reach. And Exile's Reach is a decent enough starting experience. But yeah. what comes after Exile's Reach is the problem, which I believe right now is BFA. But yeah. still, it's not really, you know, Azeroth, Azeroth. It's like it's it's BFA. You're going in. You're being involved in all of these, like, crazy whatever the name of the tribe of the trolls is, plus the the people from Boralus Harbor or whatever the hell it's called, right? And yeah. It's just not something that's going to captivate players, particularly when whenever a player thinks about World of Warcraft, they think the Lich King, they think potentially Molten Core, all of these things, Illithin, like all of these things that players have done before. Yes. So my thing has always been Blizzard should do like a best of MSQ type thing to kind of like bring these new players in. But looking at these legacy uh, cinematics... Like if you think about it, what does the first chapter of the legacy cinematics show you? It shows you the past of the dragons, yes, but where are they in Northren? It shows you Dragon Blight, yeah. it shows you where Galakrond fell, and all of yeah. these things. And in a way, if you think about it like that, you're like, okay, so this cinematic talks about uh, you know, Dragon Blight, Northren, a little bit of Wrath of the Lich King touches here and there. They can even like make maybe a, a quest or something. That takes a player mm-hmm. through a little bit of the past of Northrend, where maybe you see the moment where Arthas picks up the sword and then you know leaves Murthen to die, or whatever. It's it is Murthen, right? If I remember correctly, it's Murthen that he abandons he, there, or is it another dwarf? I think it's Murthen. Think
1: it might it's, be Murthen, yeah.
0: It, it is one of the dwarves that he basically abandons. Is it Brand? No, it's no, not Brand. It's, it's, it's Murthen. Defi- it is murder it's murder definitely yeah, yeah. not Brand. Yeah. So he yeah, abandons Murthen there to die. So maybe you you see that scene play out and you like you learn a little bit more about arthas so now you know more yeah. about the lich king and all of these things and then if you look at the legacies chapter two think about it what does it show it talks about Nel- neltharion talks about deathwing what is that cataclysm so it's like yeah legacies chapter one just a, a little bit of a touch of wrath of the lich king legacies yeah. chapter two a little bit of touch of cataclysm i don't know what legacies even chapter dbc th-
1: because they showed the demons, the demon invasion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It spoke yeah, the, about how they couldn't survive against the demons. Exactly, too strong for them.
0: A little bit of the, wait. This was in in this this in chapter two,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. In chapter two, yeah.
0: And so th- then they show you a little bit of cataclysm. They they mm-hmm. show you Thrall holding the the soul of the dragon, whatever it is, laser beaming, death wing, all of these things. Yeah. So they're showing you these things, and they could very easily through the quest lines, because you know they have the sense of time. It's just like, oh, I'll send you back so that you can watch these events play out, whatnot. So yeah. my curious. what came after cataclysm was Miss Pandaria, right? Yes. One of the things that I'm really curious about, I don't think there were any dragon aspects involved there, were there? Because I don't know anything about uh, the Lore of Mists. I mean, they out.
1: had their own dragons, but it was more it was more the mount stuff and so on. Yeah. It was like very primordial dragons.
0: So I wonder if maybe they skip that and they go straight into something else that's more interesting. But basically, you know, with these stories, they are touching up on the past of Azeroth, which, like yeah. you said, that they're saying that this is WoW 2.0. They could very yeah. easily set up Dragonflight as the basis of the base experience of the new player experience of World of Warcraft. Yes. But I feel like they need to respect their legacy and they're they're in legacies and all of this stuff and actually take players through a little bit, just a little bit of the backstory of the game so that they understand what's going on. And then you'll be able to capture the new player experience. Oh, yeah. But I think...
1: So my personal opinion is I think Dragonflight is being set up as the... uh, "Quote unquote" future starting point. That's my that's my feeling. It's a gut feel. Yeah, at exactly. This point. Like, you know, mm. But I think what's gonna end up happening is players are gonna start in Exile's Reach, and then they're gonna go straight to Dragonflight. They're yep. gonna probably once the new expansion, once the next expansion comes out, uh, Dragonflight will probably level you, you know, to level fifty, and then you go to the new zone to go to level sixty. Okay, and then. Uh, the the expansion after that comes out, Dragonflight is going to take you to level 40, and then you have to go to, you know, the the expansion after Dragonflight, and then you go to the next expansion, right? So I think Dragonflight is going to be the next starting point of World of Warcraft. And if Blizzard does it correctly, if Blizzard tells the story correctly, because something that I'm sort of getting from this time around is Blizzard is spending a lot more, more time sort of streamlining the story the main story at least and they're having a lot more fun also with the side quests apparently this time around so if you go in there there's a shit ton of side quests in all of the zones that isn't necessary you don't have to touch them they're there to give character to the zone right there are stories that is designed entirely by the quest design team um, and it, it doesn't even necessarily come from the story writing team. It comes from the quest design team. They make their own side quests. The quest, the story design team works on the main story. So if they can make that a streamlined experience for players. that sort of go through it. They accept it. Um, and we can get from Blizzard at least. Uh, and I do believe that's why Blizzard is already trying this out with Dragonflight where the first four dungeons of Mythic Plus is, you know, uh, Dragonflight, and then the and, yeah. other four is older dungeons. And I think the expansion after this, Blizzard will probably do the same thing. The only difference is going to be, because I, I believe there's four zones, if I'm not mistaken, four zones in Dragonflight?
0: Uh, I don't remember. It might but be I, four.
1: I, it, it's usually four.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's like it's four plus the starter zone of the the drag of
1: Yeah, yeah. So you have four zones, which means four dungeons, right? Because zones yeah. always end with a dungeon. This means that new players that want to go through those the next expansion. We're not talking about Dragonflight; the one after Dragonflight will be able to queue for those dungeons at the end of a uh, of the sort of run of the of the zone. And those dungeons will probably still be in rotation. So Blizzard will figure out some way of making those dungeons even part of the max level rotation in the next expansion. That way, players can really get that full experience of this is the game, right? This is how the game works. This is what the game is all about. This is what the story is. And then lead into uh, the next expansion after that. I don't know what their answer is going to be to the raids though, because unlike Final Fantasy... World of Warcraft raids have always been very much tangled into the story. Whereas in Final Fantasy, the raids have their own story Yeah, that ha- doesn't have as much to do with the main storyline. So maybe Blizzard wants to do something similar, although we already know that they I think don't. they
0: should. I think they definitely should. But, you know, with Shadowlands, that's definitely not the case. I was watching like no. the 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 end cutscenes at the end of each zone. They'd be like, oh, by the way, People have already killed the jailer. You want to see what happened? I'll tell you all about it. <laughs> show you the cinematic.
2: Yeah.
1: <sighs> I mean, I don't know how they would do that because it's a different, World of Warcraft is a different type of story uh, storytelling thing. So maybe they can do that through a, a, a sort of time traveling event that is just always active. So, you know, maybe the raids become part of the the, the main story questing experience as well for new players. Um, But yeah, I, I pretty much think Blizzard is doing a hard reset here where, in their minds, World of Warcraft starts at Dragonflight. They're not paying attention to anything that happened in the past. They're basically, this is their starting point. And yes, the old lore is still there and it's still important, but that's not what they're focusing on anymore. They're going in this new direction. So I'm very excited to see what that direction looks like.
0: Yep. We'll see how all of that pans out, but it's definitely something that yeah. I feel like they needed to do. But yeah, not agree. everything. Um, not everything is going to be good news. And as no. per usual, Blizzard—they just, uh, you know, they just can't keep their hands out of the cookie jar. So the moment that World of Warcraft sees any traction whatsoever, what are they gonna do? Yeah. I mean, you know, they're gonna hit you with uh, the the six month sub and all of this stuff. Except this time, they're like, you know what? Six months just is not enough. You know, what's better than six months, Akalon?
1: One year. Ten (laughs)
0: years, actually. Yeah, ten years would be great. So they're starting with the one year first. I don't think this is the first time that they did this, because I seem to remember... No, this is
1: the second time.
0: Did, didn't they do this for Actually, Diablo 3 I think they did this for Diablo 3 They yeah, They'd get, yeah you added
1: Diablo 3
0: yeah you sub for one year to World of Warcraft and then you'd get Diablo 3 for free or something yeah, like I that yeah I remember
1: I was super fucking bummed about that one because it wasn't available to South Africans oh, like you, we, couldn't, yeah, we you, couldn't buy the one year sub uh, in order to get Diablo 3 <laughs> so I had to like continue subbing but also buy Diablo 3 <laughs>
0: I'm imagining a young Ackalon going like, Blizzard, let me give you money.
1: Why can't I give you more of my money? Back then, Blizzard still deserved it. So I was more than happy to give it. So Um,
0: this is going to cost players uh, $155.88. And it is going to include the Festering Emerald Drake Mount, in Wrath of the Lich King Classic, which I believe also transfers to retail, because everything you get in Classic transfers to retail, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you get that one. You get the Gargantuan Grilok mount in World of Warcraft. You get Telix, the Stormhorn mount in World of Warcraft. This is retail. You're going to get the World of Warcraft six-month mount, which appears to be a rabbit. And you're going to get a six-month pet, which also appears to be a rabbit. Which basically what that says to me is that they are trying to, um, they're trying to get the Zeppelin subscribe people, the the Zeppla audience to jump into the game because Zeplar all about the bunnies and the bunnies this, yeah, the bunnies yeah. that. So they're like, okay, Zeppelin, here's two bunnies. Let's go. Come, come back. Come back to World of Warcraft.
1: <laughs> so, I'm. <sighs> Let me ask you first. What what's your opinion on the on the 1-year sub?
0: I I mean it's it's very conflicting because 1-year sub means that Blizzard is trying to lock you in, which is not surprising they're always trying to lock you in. Yeah. The problem with the 1-year sub uh is that in my opinion, it sends the wrong message from the player base that is. Players subscribing for for the game for 12 months sends the message that's like hey, you guys don't even have to do anything. You've already got us for a full year. That's the message that sends. And I think that is a very dangerous message. If you take a look at what's been happening with World of Warcraft, like Shadowlands had one of the biggest content droughts ever. And if players keep sending these messages, they're just like, oh yeah, that's fine. We'll just, despite the complete, I mean, I, I think it's easy to say that Shadowlands was pretty much a failure from you know, from a story yeah, I don't, standpoint, I
1: don't think that's controversial. From yeah.
0: a gameplay standpoint, like overall, Shadowlands is an abject failure. Even though I think that there was a lot of content there, if they were to remove the artificial barriers they put towards that content, it's still, like, overall, very much a failure. And if immediately after that failure, when they see a little bit of traction for the game, because it seems like the next expansion is showing a little bit of promise. First thing they do is they try to squeeze you for a full year's worth of a subscription. And players actually yeah. go ahead and do that. The message that sends to Blizzard is like, fuck do we care? Look, look, they're lining up to buy a one year sub. They're lining up for it. Suckers. Yeah. They're all suckers. It's like that's the message that I think gets sent and that is the big problem that I have with it. I don't think I don't think it's uh it's a particularly good business practice, especially cuz Blizzard is not in a position where they should be doing this. They're in a position where they should be trying to win the players over as opposed to yeah. trying to milk them. Because this is very much, we're going to fucking milk you and you're going to like it. And a lot of people are going to accept it. I've already seen mentions in my in my feed of people going like, fuck yeah, one year, let's go. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ. And my timeline is mostly filled with like Monster Hunter and stuff. And even then, I still see people mm-hmm. celebrating this. So I'm like, okay, yeah. I mean, you know. It's stupid. So I have a problem with it. I think it's bad for the game. I think it's very exploitative. Uh, So there's a bunch of negative aspects to it. But, you know, that's just my take on it.
1: See, for me, I was annoyed when I saw it at first um, for the same reasons that you were. And then I realized something. I'm not buying it. Yeah, And there's many like me that will not buy it. The but there's many more bought, that will. Yeah, but the people that will buy it would have bought it no, no matter what. It doesn't matter whether World of Warcraft was the best game that has ever existed or whether it wasn't, they would still have bought it. Because these are people that either they really love World of Warcraft because World of Warcraft does everything they need it to do or they're addicted to World of Warcraft and you know they can't stop playing even if they fucking wanted to. There's just no way around that. So for me, uh, the the thing I actually have the biggest issue with it is that it doesn't include Diablo 4. That is what I think they should have done. Um, you know, on the other hand, uh, and, and this is literally, I just thought of this. Uh, if we were to say... There's two options on how we get mounts, uh, like paid for premium mounts in World of Warcraft. One is the mount is added straight to the store and people buy it from the store, or the mount is tied to some kind of subscription gain. So a six-month sub or a one-year sub. Which of those two is the least offensive? Not better because neither is good, but which one is the least offensive to you?
0: Adding it to the store. Really? Yes, because because, from- because what, what happens is uh, the other one is incredibly insidious because usually you don't get mounts from like a three-month sub. You don't get mounts for like a one-month sub. You get mounts for a six-month sub. That is yeah. a commitment. That is a commitment that you're making. And for starters, it pressures people because now they have to consider – the value, which is, you know, six month sub is also the cheaper month on month. So yeah. people have to consider, well, if I get the six month sub, I get this mount and I get my sub for cheaper, even though I don't know if I actually want to play the game for six months. So it gets people to think about it. So it is evil in a way that I think is very malefic in terms of a mental thing. It pressures you. It mm-hmm. gives you FOMO. It gives you all of these different feelings and it makes you potentially take make the wrong decision. In a very a similar way start. that, like, you go you go into a casino and you play the slot machines and you're just like, well, if I put in another coin, I might get the jackpot. It's kind of like, it, it puts pressure onto your brain. Whereas if you just add it to the store, it's like, well, it's always going to be on the store. I can buy it now or I can buy it two years from now because it's on the store. Yeah. Who gives a fuck? It's not time. I mean, I'm assuming it's not time limited the way that you said you just put it on the store. So it's like yeah. that to me is less offensive than putting it on a six month sub, even though you can make the argument, well, but if you put it on the six month sub, it's, you know, it's cheaper because you're just buying the sub and you don't have to buy the mount separately. Yes, you're right. It is more, uh, it is a better economic solution if you know for a fact that you're going to be playing for six months but it is also the more predatory thing to do because it puts you on the hook for six months. And you know as well as I do that the moment you are paying for the subscription, there is a pressure that you feel for yourself. You're like, I should pay, I should play because I already paid for it. Yeah. So there's a lot of psychological aspects to it being in the monthly sub versus it Mm -hmm. being
1: in the store. And that is why I'm fundamentally opposed to it. You see, the thing for me is, I haven't met a single person that took out a six-month sub just because of the mount. Everyone that I've met that that has the six-month sub just also happens to get the mounts, you know? Um, yeah. Plus, if you go by Blizzard's, the way that it's worked so far, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong about this because I haven't paid that close attention to it. I've sort of, just to be honest, I have given up on this fight Uh, Because I was one of those people ever since Legion complaining about every store mount that gets added. And all I've seen in my fight to try and make the game more fair is people losing their shit because how dare I, um, you know, suggest that the game needs to, you know, give me the shit for free because I'm already paying to play the fucking game. Um, you know how dare I ask for content to be put in the game rather than on a shop where I have to pay for it this is why
0: when they came up with the uh, I forget what the name of the mount is the Frost something Drake mount that they did for Wrath of the Lich King when they came up with that mount this is one of the reasons why I specifically talked about it and I said this is a very good thing because this is a new mount that they've made it is a high quality looking mount in my opinion that they've made and all you have to do is is play World of Warcraft Classic, and I don't know when it ends because there's an end period to this, so there is a little bit of FOMO there, sure. But it's like, it's in the game. You're supposed to do something in the game, and after you do this thing in the game, they give you the mount, which in this case is you just play through the starting scenario of the Death Knights. So you go through, you play through that scenario, and then you're done, and you can go to retail, and your mount is there. And I'm just like... See, that's a cool thing because you put, you made this new mount, and you just put it in the game, and I can go play the game and get the mount. That is a very yeah. positive thing. It is also a very rare thing. Yeah. Usually, it's just like, no, we put it in the store, and you go buy it in the store if you want, and it's whatever, and it's, you know. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. I just, I, I think, at least if it's tied to the sub, it's something extra, you know, because I don't think there's a lot of people walking around that can afford a, a, a one year sub anyway. Um there's a lot of people that play wow, you know, it's a hobby. It's something that they do and it, you know, a lot of people even buy their subs with gold. They don't buy it with with money. So I don't necessarily think I think this is just something for those people that do have the money and and that like, know that they're going to continue playing wow for that. Here's
0: call? if if you want to do it like that, then here's what I would do. Uh-huh. It's still a little bit predatory, but just be like If you are subscribed during these six months, like you don't have to buy a six month subscription, but if you are subscribed during these six months, we'll give you a amount. See, that is a little bit more acceptable to me. You understand what I'm saying? Like it's a different thing. They still get the money all the same, but they're doing it in a way that is much more acceptable. Like this they could do. If you are subscribed for a full year at this start date, like you don't have to buy the one year subscription but if your yeah. subscription is active during this full year, we will give you these things.
1: Yeah, like I mean I to can me agree a, with that.
0: That to me is a much better approach. It's fundamentally yeah. the same. If actually, here's the interesting thing. They would actually make even more money that way. Probably. Because yeah. because they're not giving you the discounted sub. You're paying you're paying more because it's like thirteen, however much it is for, for each month. So you yeah. you would even be paying more and they would still get more of your money and they would just give you the thing for being a loyal World of Warcraft subscriber. Like a loyalty reward, basically. It's like, hey, you've been subscribed to our game for this amount of months. Here's something cool for you. Boom, go, right? Yeah. But um, the way that they do it, I just find it very predatory, which is like, just give us the money in advance. Pay us now and we'll give you all these things. But, you know, that's... I can
1: can fully uh, appreciate what you're saying. But like I said, I have sort of clocked out of this debate entirely because it doesn't yeah. help. You know, I have told that at that windmill mall for such a long time and all I constantly hear from people is shut the fuck up. We don't care. So it's kind of like at this point, I'm just going, well, you know, fuck it. Uh, it's, I guess it's, it's fine.
0: It's the same thing that happened with um with Asmongold if you remember like he's like I I got tired of fighting this shit when it feels like I'm fighting it by myself cuz even other big yeah. streamers would just like you know they'd be like oh what Asmongold's doing is not cool which is it's fucked up cuz he was fighting for a better game and you know it is what it is but I'm yeah, it's I mean- like look I'm I'm not going to be like, oh, fucking, oh, man, fuck all this thing's fucking suck. But I am going to be opposed to it, basically. I'm I'm never going to agree with what they're doing. It is what it oh, is. Oh,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I don't agree with it, but I can also understand why they're doing it. And yeah, of course. At this point, it's free money. At this point, yeah. At this point, I'm just thinking, you know, those people that will support it was going to support it anyway. Whether, you know, wh- wh- I, no matter what I say, they were going to get it anyway uh, i think
0: i think that a lot of people will will do it that wouldn't have done it
1: i mean it is possible uh anything is possible uh i just from my own experience at least what i see whenever i listen to people that do get those mounts these are people that are just perpetually like they have always been signed up to world of warcraft they've never fucking Unsubbed from world of warcraft ever you know so i don't i don't think i don't think someone like me so for example i'm just taking myself here i wouldn't get this there's just zero chance that i will ever get this um and it's not because i hate wow it's just because i am of the opinion that you need to earn my money yeah and that's it right if you don't earn my money i'm just not gonna i'm not gonna waste my fucking time that's just how i feel about it so yeah i don't want to sign up for an entire year because if i do sign up for an entire year what happens if the expansion sucks exactly and suddenly i'm
0: and not to mention screwed. again they don't have that much you fundamentally make the company have less motivation to produce content for you because you already paid yeah like you you already given me your money there's a lot less pressure it's like the same thing if you rent something like say you rent an apartment or something Mm
2: -hmm.
0: there's going to be pressure on the side of the person you are renting from to keep things going accordingly if you rent and you pay your rent in advance for like a year they're like fuck it i have your money oh the water's not working tough shit get a plumber not my problem Whereas if you yeah. if you're paying month to month, you're like, hey, motherfucker, fix this shit. I'm not paying you next month. Like that's there's pressure. I just feel like a lot of people don't understand what this pressure is, so they just make decisions that don't necessarily benefit them. But you know that's whatever. That's what we're used yeah. to. But anyway, I can um, agree
1: with that one hundred percent.
0: There's uh, another another piece of news. Which is Blizzard is going in and they're doing Twitch drops. Is this the first time that they're doing? Twitch? I mean, they've done Twitch drops for some like stupid helmets or something. I think
1: right. I'm not sure. If yeah. I'm not mistaken, this is the first time for WoW.
0: No, 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 no. They've they've done something with Twitch drops. Uh, where you can get like uh the no wait it was not Twitch drops. It was um, it was Amazon Prime rewards. Uh, uh Twitch Prime rewards actually. You know how if you have Twitch Prime.
1: Yeah, yeah yeah yeah.
0: They they yeah. give you like rewards. So they gave you like these stupid little helmets that I didn't really care about so I was like whatever. Maybe that was like their their test bed, but uh yeah, right now they're doing not right now, but they're going to be doing uh Twitch drops and they start on November 15th. So from November 15th to the 18th of November, if you watch 4 hours of World of Warcraft content, which appears to be for anyone as far as I can tell. Yeah. So like if I stream uh, Dragonflight during this time and you are watching my stream, Rackalon, if you watch four hours of uh, of World of Warcraft, then you get a Dragon Kite pet.
1: So that's the first Twitch drop. Um, I don't there know what are, the Dragon... There's, a, there's something about eligible streamers in there. Which I'm not entirely sure. The what only thing that, that says
0: is to participate, you must link your Twitch account by visiting account uh, battle.net connections. If you've changed your password, blah blah blah. But it basically, you just have to link, from what I can see, because it just says watch at least four hours of Wild WoW Dragonflight content while this Twitch drop is active during the Serpentine Dragon pet. So sometimes they give certain Twitch streamers specific drops. But like, uh, have you used drops at all before on Twitch?
1: Um, no, not really.
0: I've used them for New World because New World does it every now and then. And so the way that you do it is you just select the drop that you want to have active in your thing. You link your accounts with the game. So like I have my Twitch account linked with some Amazon account somewhere. Uh, And it just knows that when I'm playing New World, if there is a drop active, people, they just watch my stream and they just get the, the... The people watching also need to have their Twitch account connected to their game account so that it's tracking. Yeah. And then when you watch a certain amount of content, you just get the item added into the game. Like in the case of New World, it gets added in a way where you don't even need to claim it. It's like automatically unlocked. And it also well, works that's for not the, bad. And, and it also works in the case of New World, it also works for the streamers themselves. So in my case, while I was streaming, because I streamed like I don't know how many hours of New World, I got the drop yeah. just from streaming it. So it's well, sure. just, yeah so it's like these yeah. drops are that that's basically the way they work. so you watch a certain amount of hours of content i don't think there's any exclusivity at least from this post they don't talk anything about because if there were eligible streamers they yeah. would tell you who those streamers are yeah like look it even says here as a streamer how do i get twitch drops on my channel all you need to do is make sure your twitch and Battlenet accounts are linked and that you're opted into drops that's it
1: Okay, that's not, holy shit, that's
0: not bad. Yeah, yeah. Participi- okay. Actually, I'm looking at regions now because you're in South Africa. Let's take a look. Participating regions include North America, Latin America, Europe, the Middle East, Africa. Woo! You can oh do God. it, dude. Nice. <laughs> South okay. Korea, Japan, that's Taiwan, sad. Southeast Asia, Australia, and New Zealand. But yeah, so you should be able to do it. And yeah, that, that's the way that it works. So if you have your Twitch account linked with your Battle.net account, which I'm sure there's somewhere to do it, you can figure out how to do that. And you just watch a certain amount of hours of content, you're going to get it. So from 15th to the 18th, you watch four hours, you get a dragon kite pet, which I don't know how it looks like. I don't think it should be anything especially because it's just a, a pet, right? Yeah, from yeah. November 28th to December 1st, though, this is the interesting part. And this is something that some people in the community are pretty upset. So it's a three-day interval. You watch four hours of World of Warcraft content and you earn a Feldrake. Now, Feldrake is apparently a mount that was in the trading card game. I believe it was evaluated that this mount is supposed to cost like $3,500. Yes. And a lot of people that have been grinding to get this mount, they're big mad, dude. They're big mad right now.
1: (laughs) Of course they're big mad. Um... So on the one hand, I agree with the people that is angry because I do think if you're going to do Twitch drops, you could, you may as well do like proper new things, right? This is, this is drops, give people new things. Then again, if you look at drops from all other companies, almost no one does brand new exclusive things for Twitch drops. The fact that this is something that you can gain within the game, you know, this is something that you can actually farm for. Is it something you can farm for? Yes. It's something that you grind I, for, I've,
0: no? I don't know. I've heard that people do it by grinding gold and then probably buying Battle.net balance throughout tokens or something uh, like that. yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, And then eventually getting it. I think that's the way that people are doing it. I'm not entirely sure, but, uh, See what-
1: yeah. In my opinion, all this does... So first and foremost, this is incredible advertisement for for World of Warcraft. Because you're yeah. going to get so many... People love drops. Even people that oh, don't yeah. play games like drops. Yeah, It's so like, oh, I get gonna, free
0: shit? Fuck yeah, let's go.
1: Yeah, they're going to fucking watch because they can get something for free. Uh, so that's the one part that I think a lot of people have to sort of keep in mind. Blizzard is advertising this game. Not only that, but if you already have the mount, you already have the mount. Congratulations, you've done your farming. Yes, it might have been hard, but there were a lot of other people that didn't farm at all. They they just used mama and daddy's daddy's fucking yep. credit card and got it. So you should be angry at them too. What's your anger about? The fact that you worked for it, or the fact that other people aren't? They're watching four hours of streamers. And the thing that I like more about this is, it feels like Blizzard is finally waking up and realizing, oh, we do actually have content creators. Yeah. Uh, you know, th- there are actually people that play our game and also make content about our game. How about we give them a leg up? Because drops tend to be really good, Yeah. For especially for viewer numbers. People love watching people that, that have drops enabled because, hey, free shit. You know, yep. I have the ability to get some shit. So I'm personally not against this move at all from Blizzard. I think it's perfectly fine. Um No, it is what it is. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say that this is the worst thing that Blizzard has ever done, because I don't think it is. I, I think it's a drop. People still have to watch for four hours. Not everyone is gonna do so, so calm your fucking tits, guys. You're not suddenly gonna see every single person walking around with this mount. Because there are people that don't give a fuck about Twitch. And therefore, they're not going to watch a Twitch stream for a month. They'll just form it themselves. Uh, So yeah, ultimately, I I sort of understand why they're angry. But I think the anger is a little bit premature.
0: Yeah. Then we have from November 28th to December 12th. uh, This is for eligible channels. So in here, there might be like specific people who get this. This one makes sense. Because this one's now really a drop this one is um you gift uh two subscriptions to an eligible channel and you get an Ichabod mm-hmm. pet which again I don't know what the hell that is but yeah basically you need oh, to yeah. you need there's gonna be a list at some point uh I'm I'm I would believe where they will tell you okay these yeah. channels are gonna have these drops enabled you gift two channel subscriptions in here uh and you know you get an Ichabod pet that's it uh square Enix actually did this for the the big black chocobo Mm. So you would go, but you would have to give, like I think, four subs or something like that. Is it four or five? I think it was four. You There was a, a list of channels that were eligible for it. You gifted them four subs, and yeah. you would get this this mount, which was a rare mount that had been removed from the game. Removed as in you, you couldn't get it anymore. Only the people yeah. who had it could keep it. But they then enabled people to just get that mount by subscribing to a streamer. Uh, so yeah. that that is good, again, for the content creators specifically, yes. which is good because it gives back to them for producing
1: all yeah, of this it's a content. Way of, it's a way of paying your content creators for the work yeah. that they do. It's kind of sad that it's only for eligible streamers and not for all partners, for example, think, that is playing WoW at the time. But I think
0: the thing here is because drops is easier to implement because Twitch have a system mm-hmm. for that, whereas yeah. uh, gifting subs is going to be a lot more challenging for them to keep track. I think it's more of a challenging that's to true. keep track of. And also because like, you know, there are some streamers that might be promoting messages that they don't want to associate themselves with. So it's a little bit trickier, but yeah, that that's, yeah. that's why I guess. Um, and then there's one more drop, which is 13th to 28th of December. You watch two hours and you earn the perpetual purple firework, which I'm assuming is a toy that shoots purple fireworks. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I it is actually, a... like, purple fireworks, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, that's uh, those are all of the uh, Twitch drop promotions. Let us know what you guys yeah. think about that. Uh, I think I, it's cool. It gives I me a reason cool, yeah. to
1: play the game and stream it. Yeah. Um, outside of the fact that I would have fucking streamed the game. Anyway. Yeah, you would have. Uh, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, this gives me even more of an incentive to do so because I'm getting some drops. I get to share those drops with my community, which is actually the thing that I love most. So yeah, I'm I'm okay with this. Ultimately I think I think anyone that is salty about this do not fundamentally understand the way that World of Warcraft functions. Be, uh it, I so, I, yeah. I feel
0: like that would be the same thing as like me getting upset over like I don't know if they've made Thunder Fury easier to get or not, but if they were to make Thunder Fury easier to get, guess what? I still wouldn't give a shit. I mean, that's great. More people get to fucking have the Thunder Fury skin. I spent yeah. months farming it. Every week on cooldown going back to molten core farming the the fucking bindings of whatever until I eventually yeah. got it. And when I got it I was super happy about it. Summon Thunderan whatever his name is got the sword and I was like this is awesome. This sword looks amazing. And if yeah. more if that is made easier and people can get it, I'm not going to be upset about it. I don't care. Good, not great. If they like imagine you've grinded Ashes of Alar during the Burning Crusade and you got Ashes of Alar and then suddenly they would make it easier to get Ashes of Alar. Who cares? It's not the end of the world. Relax your anus, bro.
1: I mean, everyone has Ashes of Alar now anyway. So I don't. The thing is, people... I don't either, but that's just because I don't farm for it. Um, the thing is, people are always... It's the internet, and it's the modern era. There's always going to be people that complain about stuff. And if, I'm I'm okay with people complaining when it makes sense. In this yeah. instance... What Blizzard is doing is basically offering some really cool shit to people whilst also advertising their own game, which is actually the thing that I love. And you have to understand something. Blizzard would have been in trouble here no matter what they offered. Even if yep. Blizzard came out and said, oh, yeah, we're, we're offering people uh, Invincible, right? After If you watch six hours, you can get Invincible. There would have been a bunch of people. Oh, super yeah, people be hotline.
0: mad, like, dude. People be molding.
1: Yes. There then there's the other option here, or the other side of the coin. If Blizzard came out and they had like super exclusive mounts, mounts that they have made specifically for these drops, the only way to get them is the drops. There would be a crap ton of people being like super butthurt. Oh, my fuck. Now I have to watch Twitch in order to get these mounts. What the hell? You don't so even, it's here's, kind of like a,
0: here's the thing. You yeah. don't even need to watch Twitch. What you do is you pull up a streamer and then you mute the tab and then just let it run in the background. You'll get it. <laughs> it's, like, it's that easy. I don't, don't know. You don't even have to watch it. You can just mute the tab. You're fine. The reason I don't know if that works it is does. Twitch
1: doesn't count you as a viewer if you mute.
0: No, 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 no. Listen, you're talking about muting the player, I'm talking about muting the tab. Twitch doesn't know if you've muted the tab or not. They don't have that information.
1: True. True. Unless they do. No, 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 no. Cuz no. they could. I mean, it's an API. The API could go both ways. What do you mean it's so, an API? Uh, it's on your it's
0: on your local browser.
1: Yeah, but the local browser is part of an API. You can uh, you can download or you can use the API for local browsers to search for things automatically, for example. I don't
0: I mean listen um, if browsers are allowing people to, are allowing websites to see whether or not the tab is is muted that is a problem that is a privacy problem I don't want browsers to send the information of which tabs are muted I'm pretty sure you you're safe to go on drops if you mute the tab maybe. I think you can Most even I think won't. you can even mute the fucking player if you want to but I would recommend I, muting
1: the tabs. Uh, the reason I think you would struggle with muting the player is, like I say, Twitch doesn't count you as a viewer if you mute the player. Yeah. Like, as soon as you mute the player, Twitch just goes, right, that viewer's gone. Uh, that's why a lot of people sort of go, oh, yeah, I'm going to watch you, but I'm going to mute. I'm like, dude, just fucking leave. What are you doing? Because they they usually like it. So I'll have viewers that go, okay, I have to go to the gym. I'll keep you on. I'm just going to mute. Like, bro, just go to the fucking gym. You're not helping me. Like, you're muting the viewer goes away. It's simple as that. It's like,
0: but if you mute the pain, it still counts who has a viewer, I'm pretty sure. But <laughs> anyway, that that's Maybe.
1: whatever. It's a technicality.
0: So yeah. um, next up we have Overwatch 2. Of course, there's always news about Overwatch 2. There's always yeah. some controversy going on around that game. So Blizzard sent out a survey on how they can improve the game. Uh, because apparently there's not enough people online telling them to just like, hey, here's how you improve the game. Like, how about not worry so much about your fucking battle pass, make things yeah. affordable for free-to-play players as opposed to it lasting it over like 300 fucking years to grind some of the shit that was even like an Overwatch 1, whatever the hell it was. I've read about that. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that so that's one of the things that, that happened. And then the other thing is that apparently players are actually grinding World of Warcraft gold to buy Overwatch 2 skins because it
1: is more efficient
0: than actually grinding Overwatch 2.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know your game is kind of fucking busted if players have to grind another game in order to buy the things in your game, right? That's where you know things are busted. The problem, however, is... I'm not convinced that this wasn't by design because World of Warcraft isn't a free game. World of Warcraft, you actually do have to pay to play. Yep. So if you're logging into World of Warcraft to grind gold so that you can buy skins in Overwatch, Blizzard is going ka-ching. Yep. Fuck yeah, we're getting paid for Overwatch 2, bro. Like, we're actually charging people money for Overwatch 2. Fuck yes. So that's the sort of, you're not really sticking it to Blizzard that way. Um, But at the same time, I mean, we've spoken about this at length. Uh, Overwatch, uh, the way their entire monetization system is set up, you even have the mainstream media. Now, I do have to be clear here, people. When it comes to gaming media, there is few, few people as scumbag as gaming media. I mean, these people are incredibly scumbag. And even they are complaining about the monetization of Overwatch 2. That's how you know things are fucked. And you have to understand why that is so telling. If you're IGN, where does your money come from? It comes from advertisements. Advertisers, yeah. All right. Now, imagine you're writing an article where you say uh, Overwatch 2 is absolutely horrid. Fuck this game. Blizzard is one of your advertisers. Uh-oh. Blizzard could so Red easily flags. go, well, go fuck you. We won't advertise anymore. That's a huge advertiser to lose. So yep. gaming media sort of have this weird conflict of interest, which they've never actually acknowledged, but there is a conflict of interest there. So if if things reach the point where even the gaming media comes out and says, huh. <laughs> Wow, that's a little far. You know you're you're fucked. Right? Yeah. You you just know, okay, this is not going well. We need and to, for the, we need to take another approach here.
0: Just for clarification for people that might not understand, how the how the hell do you grind gold in world of warcraft and then you you can somehow buy overwatch two skins that is because using world of warcraft gold you can buy something called a wow token which can be converted into battle.net balance which can then be used to purchase overwatch two skins and this is one of the reasons why uh, i personally fundamentally believe that the wow token is a fucking cancer in world of warcraft but you know that's just one man's opinion
1: Absolutely. well the problem cancer the the problem with the wild WoW token, which many people, huh, I love these people that complain about the um, the blockchain games, right? They complain about the whole blockchain game, the whole NFT game, uh, and then they don't complain about the wild WoW t- WoW token. Yeah.
0: The and token's fine. L-
1: that's <laughs> it's literally like, the same thing.
2: Yeah. The only much.
1: thing that separates the wild WoW token cuz the whole thing with these blockchain games for people that don't know it's pay to play. Yeah. Or, or actually play to pay.
0: Pay to earn whatever they yeah, want to it's, call Yeah, it. it. it's like yeah. a
1: play to earn, pay to like pay to play kind of thing where the more you play, the more chances you have of actually making money. So you earn things in that game and then you can sell those things on a marketplace and then buy things with the 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 currency that you earn in that marketplace. That's literally what the WoW token is. The only thing that yeah. the WoW token so far doesn't allow you to do is just actually withdraw
2: yeah, that money from out.
1: your balance. Yeah. If Blizzard announced tomorrow that you can start cashing out uh, on your WoW token, so if you just want to take their, the cash,
0: their stock would go through the fucking roof. People would be, yeah. dude. It'd be wild. <laughs> it'd be it, it'd explode. It'd be fucking terrible for the game, by the way. It'd be terrible for the game, yeah. but their stock would explode because people would be so happy to play World of Warcraft to just, like, grind gold. It's like, hey, what's your job? Yeah. I'm a World of Warcraft player.
1: Yeah, I, I literally play WoW for a living. I'm a professional World of Warcraft stupid player. Stupid amounts of
0: money.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and and the price for tokens would soar. Oh, so, yeah. you know, you're going you're gonna to see something like, 1.2, 1.3, probably well over a million do- uh, gold for a token um, because tokens are now worth actual money. Uh, like Blizzard could very easily do this, and I do think they would. I'm just not sure what the legalities would be around that. So there's yeah. almost definitely going to be some legal obstacle there um, because now you're basically turning into a game or, or into a work or job, yeah, right? A job. Into a profession almost.
0: But I have, um, so I have a topic here. here. That I believe you haven't heard of yet, so that should be interesting to talk about. Well, interesting is maybe too strong of a word. I already talked about this, and it's... Disgusting is a more appropriate word, but you know, when you give people the tools, they will do sometimes some things that are wonderful and amazing, and other times, most of the times, they'll do something completely fucking degenerate in the worst ways that you can think of. So course, yeah. there is a custom game mode, or there was. I don't know if it's still there. They might have like removed it because it got a lot of attention from uh, media and content creators and stuff like that. But there was a mode in Overwatch 2, a custom game mode called uh-huh. the Sexual Harassment Simulator.
1: Wait, was it actually called that?
0: Yes, and you know the best part? It was on the trending of custom games for Overwatch 2. <laughs> so you'd have like Wait. a couple of game modes... And then, because I think it's like, it's four panes that they will put for like the most popular trending game modes. And one of those would actually just straight up say sexual harassment simulator. And then you'd be able to go into these lobbies. And now you're wondering, okay, so what the fuck is the sexual harassment simulator? I'm going to tell you. So you would spawn in there and there would be a bunch of players that would spawn as female characters. Like Tracer, Widowmaker, whatever. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then there would be one player that would spawn as McCree. So you remember, well, now McCree, it's co- he's called Cassidy now, whatever. So one yeah. player would spawn as Cassidy. And you remember that back in Overwatch 1, if you've played it, Cassidy used to have a stun grenade. Yeah. So you sneak up on one of the female characters, you stun her, then you teabag her multiple times. And then that female character will receive a quest objective, go home, and wait for your baby. And after a what? while, after a while, a yeah. Torbjorn would spawn. Oh,
1: my God. Okay. Jesus. Yes. Oh, my God. That's,
0: um. that's what I said in my <laughs> thumbnail that I made for that video was just a picture of a disappointed Torbjorn saying, y'all need Jesus. That's exactly what yeah. I said. You need G. Like, if this is the point that we've gotten to, you just fucking, you need Jesus. Like, this, I, I'm not even a religious person, but y'all fucking need Jesus. Like, what the fuck is this?
2: This dude, is some gonna, next
0: level degeneracy bullshit,
1: dude. But, but this is the problem with allowing custom game modes. Because I don't know if you remember this even, but right after Warcraft 3 spawned, there was a mod that came out That basically... Okay, so this is actually very fucked up, right? But you would... More
0: fucked up than what we just talked about?
1: Damn! Bro, listen to this. Okay, so you would be a blonde elf with arrows that would shoot black people. Like, that was the game. You would just shoot black people. That was a a custom game on the Warcraft 3 shop. or, (laughs) Or custom area. Right? That you would just log in and you would just shoot black people the whole time, which is like, why? But I know why. It's trolling. It it is people that just want to troll. And they want the attention, yeah. You see, the problem is, it's not even necessary because I know a lot of people say, oh my God, the racist assholes. Oftentimes, this isn't about racism. So the guy that did this literally chose the most outlandish idea he could come up with because he wanted the attention. The he attention. wanted the reaction yeah. from people. He, it's not even always about the attention. It's almost always about the reaction. They want to see people lose their minds over it. They want to see the media go, oh, what the fuck? This is such a racist game mode. They want to see that because it makes them laugh. And usually it's, these people will hang out on on forums and shit, and their forum buddies will laugh because you know
0: it's it's actually interesting that you say that because very recently I had um, a real life conversation with a um, a person from the the fire department because he was in an accident with my wife. He basically this this is actually funny because like my wife was driving and this guy was like trying to go to her lane, but he didn't yep. see her. Which my wife was oh, <clears throat> driving like a uh, a jeep on top of it, so that you, the fact you couldn't see her is weird. But yeah. so he bumped into her car, and the most impressive thing is, dude didn't fall off his bike. I was like, "What the fuck?" That's very impressive. Wow. So I so I went there after my wife told me what had happened. I go there, and I get into a conversation with this guy because he's a he's a guy from he's from the fire department. So we've had a lot of fires in Portugal during the summer times. It always happened. And I was, yeah. you know, I was talking to him and I was like, yeah, but a lot of these fires are arson, basically. And he's like, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, they're arson. And I was like, you think that people are getting paid for this type of arson? Was it-? And he's like, no, they want to see the airplanes. And I was like, what? Yeah, they love seeing the, the air because like the moment there's a fire in Portugal, apparently, I didn't know this, but the moment that a, a significant fire starts in Portugal, they dispatch uh, aerial units to Mm -hmm. uh you know drop water on top of the fire and shit like that water or any other chemicals that they drop and that's why they do it they want to see the helicopters they want to see the planes fly over the fire and that's why they do it and i was like that because because this person was like arrested and you know that's the conclusion that they've reached is this person just wanted to see the fucking planes and it's it's kind of like the same situation that we see with things like this i guess with sexual harassment simulator and the other mode that you're talking about people just yeah, you're right. They just want to see the fucking reaction.
1: They just want to watch the world burn. Now, I have mad respect for people like that. I love people that just want to see the, the world burn.
0: What the fuck? Uh,
1: yeah, it's funny. It's funny as fuck. No! Yeah, of course it is. Um, no, listen, it, listen. It is funny. S-
0: specifically, the thing that I was talking about with the fires, it's really bad because mm-hmm. like, I have a very small country. We have very small green areas. And over yeah. the years, most of those have been fucking burned down. That's not funny at all.
1: Yeah, but I think you're misunderstanding what I'm saying. That guy, the guy that starts fires, right, is actually putting people's lives at risk. I would never yeah. be okay with that because at that point, you're not just wanting to watch the world burn; you're actually putting you're people's actually lives burning
0: you're burning the world.
1: I'm yeah. I'm talking about the guy that made sexual assault, similar yeah. or whatever the fuck, right? Would I ever play something like that? No, because I'm not a fucking maniac. Do I think that it's okay to make games like that? No, because what's the point? But I do find it funny. It's funny to me. Because the guy could. And the problem is that Blizzard couldn't think that this guy could. That's what pisses me off. Is that I think
0: the the you biggest problem know here, that this is gonna happen. I think the biggest problem here is the lack of moderation. That's yeah, the but that's problem. the
1: point, right? Yeah. Is the fact that Blizzard come up with this? Especially since it's already happened in one of their games. Someone made a very racist fucking game in one of their games already. And Blizzard doesn't stop to think, you know what? So we have this content area where people can just generate their own content. What are the chances that someone's going to do something incredibly fucked up here? Yeah. Probably high. (laughs) Probably very high. So how about you put an end to that? Nah, it's fine. Nah,
2: it's you know, fine. No
1: one will do it. And I think they thought it would be fine because uh, they had everyone's numbers. You know, you had to put your phone number in in order to actually be able to play the game. Yeah. And I think that's why they thought, oh, it'll be fine. You know, people isn't, people aren't going to troll because we know who they are. And it's like, dude, you don't know these trolls. Like they will absolutely not mind trolling, even if you have their number. Chances are it's not their real number; it's maybe like a throwaway phone. Um, but it's just the nature of the the game. I don't think it's actual sexual like misogyny or actual racism. It is more just a case of this guy wanted to. Yeah, he wanted to get. It's
0: like if if you if you think, for instance, of about that guy from um Australia, I think who uh, leaked a bunch of shit from the industry and made the world way worse for any type of content creator that is trying to get access within games media, Uh, he basically made a mistake at one point and tweeted from his main Twitter account about the shit that he was leaking. And uh, people very quickly found out. It was like, okay, so you're this guy who was leaking all of this bullshit. And then he came out and he said why he did it, and it it was for the clout. Because like, there's nothing yeah. to be. You can't really monetize stuff on Twitter, so it's not like he was no. making money off of it. So he was just like, you know, he was he was uh, going for that clout, and that's kind of like yeah. the same thing that uh, these people are doing. But the thing is, it is important to to report on it. Yeah. Because it's fundamentally like you know what the rating is for Overwatch Two. Because I checked it when I was looking at this. No. The Peggy, the the rating? Peggy rating for Overwatch Two is twelve.
1: Yeah, so kids can play that. That yeah, makes it immediately kids, actually a lot worse for me.
0: Yeah, kids can can literally just like they can walk because these are public lobbies. So you go into custom yeah. game modes. Remember, it was trending. It was a trending custom game mode. So you could very easily just like, okay, go hip boop, boop, boop. And you find the lobbies mm-hmm. and it'll say 18 plus, but it's not going to block a 12-year-old from like entering. They'll be like, no. oh yeah, sexual harassment simulator, 18 plus. And dude, there were tons of lobbies. Like in the video that I saw... It was, like, it was like a full page of lobbies, and these weren't empty. These were lobbies with, like, 10-plus people, all of them. So it's like, dude might have done it for clout, but there are some really fucked-up people out there that were actually enjoying this custom game mode.
1: Well, it's, it's not even, like, necessarily fucked-up people. It's sometimes just curious people, right? They see this thing, and they're like, hmm, what the hell is this? Can't be that, surely. Hmm. You know, so... I don't think, and sometimes it is just people that's having a laugh, right? It's a bunch of dudes and he messages his friends and he's like, bro, bro, you have to see this check fucked out, up game mode. Like check out this shit. sexual
0: assault simulator. It's great.
1: Yeah, you have to come back and watch this shit. You know, it's young kids that's just trying to be funny and and trying to get a rise out of someone. Let's um, see. My, I, the thing that pisses me off, this is why it's very difficult because a lot of people are going to be very angry that I sort of, Find the shit funny, but I do. Well, you find have it a fr-
0: sick sense of humor.
1: So well, yeah, the, that too. But I do find it funny insofar as the guy actually did that. You know, I would never even have thought of that. I, I have way too much shit on my in my life to even think about crap like that. But the fact that this guy thought of it, you know, more power to him. You know, what the fuck? Less what power I to him. Like, fuck that shit. Where I no, but here's why I say more power to him. The place that I get angry is at Blizzard because you uh, should not have allowed that to even happen. If you have a a content section where players, the community can come up with shit, you fucking best have some moderators there to ensure that things don't get out of hand. Because you know that things are going to get out of hand. That's just the nature of the fucking video gaming industry. Yep. You know, I'm half surprised that there isn't some kind of Ku Klux Klan fucking video or, or game mode out there where all the black characters are hunted by like fucking soldier 76 or some shit because that's another thing that I can immediately think would have been a problem. I don't even know they had custom game modes in Overwatch, to be honest yep, with you. they do.
0: But see, the thing is, I can completely understand why Blizzard didn't wasn't able to look into this because quite simply, they didn't have time. They were too busy trying to file a motion to impound the
1: Albany Union vote ballots. Oh yeah, yeah, that's also yeah. That's ah, oh, this is like this is like almost a fucking non-story. But we thought we'd talk about it anyway because the basic takeaway is that Blizzard is just scumbags. I mean, these workers want to unionize. They voted they want to unionize. And so now Blizzard is saying... And Blizzard no. Blizzard
0: has said that they don't mind them unionizing, I believe. They're like, we fully yeah. support their rights, blah, 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 blah. Uh, actually, they even have the quote here. They said, we deeply respect our employers' rights to choose whether to be represented by a union and to make an informed yeah. decision for themselves in a process where every voice is heard. And um, yeah. then, however, there were other people at Activision Blizzard who said... Something like, oh, but the thing is, it becomes harder to negotiate, and you know, people that are not unionized even have better salaries, and like you know, given given a bunch of of bullshit like that, right? Yeah. Uh, then they go on I mean, to say, I,
1: I, I will say that there are there are industries where non unionized workers will almost always be paid better than unionized workers, because yeah. you can. If you're part of a union, you are not allowed to, at least in South Africa, I don't know how that works in the rest of the world. But in South Africa, if you're part of a union, you cannot negotiate, negotiate on your own. Yeah, You have to go through your union. And I for think... the union to do this, they have to have, you know, so there are industries where that is the case. Sorry, you wanted to say I think.
0: I, I I was going to say that uh, I believe that is the case for most uh, situations when it comes to unions is you always need to negotiate as a unit you don't you don't really yeah. get to negotiate individually so yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, I also know that union union workers there's a company that I know very well where the non-union workers get like uh, they get three weeks holiday per year. They also get two weeks, uh, like, it's called special holiday, where if they reach a certain target, they can actually extend their holiday by two weeks. So it's a five-week holiday every year that they get, uh, and it's completely paid for. Uh, And then they get, like, a bunch of bonuses. Like, they out-earn the unionized workers by, like, double. The only problem is that whenever the union comes to the company, remember, the union is arguing on the face or on the side of all employees at all levels. So it basically gets like a 6% increase on all levels. So even on the lowest level to the highest level. So all of these union workers are basically fucked because the individual guys can go to the company and be like, yeah, no, I'm sorry, but this is bullshit. And the company's like, Yeah, all right, what do you need? Because we need you. Uh, And you have the poll, whereas in a union, you don't. So there are instances where unions are just completely bonkers and people should think about it twice. What I don't like here is that we know that QA specifically, and that's where this comes in, by the way, because these are QA workers, quality assurance. We know that they are treated incredibly badly by the gaming industry. They're usually fired for no fucking reason, uh, they have a very high turnover rate. They get paid peanuts uh, for the work that they do. So it makes sense that they want to unionize. Blizzard's argument, however, to the commission is that they don't think that this group is a big enough voting block. They don't yeah. think that this group has the voting rights to really unionize. Even though the, uh, the commission previously have already said, no, they're fine, uh, Blizzard just continuously now wants to basically Blizzard wants the vote to happen across the board. So Blizzard wants the entire uh, in like that entire department to basically all unionize. That's what Blizzard is looking for. And again, it boils down to if everyone unionizes, it usually ends up being uh, sometimes helpful for the company. Not always, there are times where unions can be very poor but sometimes it does work out very well for companies when everyone unionizes. So um, that's what Blizzard is trying to push for. I think it's come back, but it would be more surprising if you came to me and said Blizzard offered all of them a million dollars just to be part of the union. That would have surprised me. But yeah. if you, even if you came to me and you said that Blizzard is threatening to kill their children if they unionize, I would be like, oh, Okay, Seems reasonable. So, yeah, it's just another fucking Thursday. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't be surprising. But uh, yeah, it's
0: like I'm not. I'm not like like I always say when it comes to this um, union talk. I'm not particularly uh, informed when it comes to unions and stuff. So I I know the bare minimum. I hope I hope the I hope the best for them. Like like I said, I just want workers at Blizzard to have a good working environment because that was the condition that I made so that I could play Diablo 2, and I still haven't been able to play Diablo 2 because, you know, they still haven't fixed the working environment at Blizzard, which is great! I can't wait to play Diablo 2, like, fucking, I don't know, never at this rate!
1: That is is actually something that uh, Breach spoke about because that was one of the first conversations he had with Ian, was what happened to all of the disgusting people what happened to the people that did all of the shit you know all of the sexual harassers and things and ian said all of them are out the door like there is none of them left uh they have been cleaning a house and they've not made a big deal of it they they haven't announced whenever they fire someone they've just been doing the work like they've just been getting rid of everyone that that sort of you know put their hands where they weren't supposed to kind of thing. yeah. So it That's, does seem like you, you're you getting close to being able to play uh, Diablo 2 at least. I'm almost there! Yeah you're almost there I think. <laughs> but it's like that is one of the
0: things that, that I usually talk about whenever people, because like you know people will still bring the argument whenever you're talking about oh I'm, I'm going to be playing World of Warcraft, I'm going to be doing this. Uh, there's always a lot of pushback because obviously you and I have been very vocal critics of the game I think that what people don't understand is the reason we're very vocal critics of the game is because we deeply care about the game because we have yeah. a certain attachment to it. So yeah. what I find interesting is that people are always like, well, the old people that made the game good, they're not there anymore. And I'm like, yeah, but you also know that back then, a lot of the people working on the game were also fucking sexual predators. And those yeah. guys aren't there anymore either. So, you know, True. There can be a situation where this team might be able to rally now that you know the working environment is improving and they could yeah. potentially bring out something good. Are they going to do it? I genuinely doubt that Dragonflight is going to be the, the game that convinces me that they're doing it, but I want to see it. I want to yeah. see if they can do it or not because I'm not the kind of guy that's going to keep trash-talking a game that I don't even play because it doesn't make sense. Like yeah. like I was I'm, saying, I'm hoping. lost Lost Ark. I made like two three videos about it. Never talked about it again. I don't give a fuck about that game. I'm not playing it. Fuck it. It's a piece yeah. of shit as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, I'm not playing it.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm hopeful that you know we're we're about to see Blizzard turn over a new a new leaf and and we're about to see Blizzard really pop off. Uh, because I do think it's good. Now I don't know if you watched monster's video about will he play. Uh, uh yeah Dragon i, I watched
0: i watched the I, I think i watched the whole thing i don't remember much but it seems like he's not gonna play Dragonflight because he's not yeah uh, I, he's kind of i watched
1: yeah i watched literally up until the point where he said he's not gonna play it and then i was like okay that's literally why i came here for this video uh but he spoke about a whole bunch of other things um and he he made mention at one point of you know he wants world of warcraft to do good I mean, he called out a bunch of content creators, well, not by name, but he did sort of do the whole, you, you hear content creators constantly going like, they want the game to be good because they really want competition for Final Fantasy and all that shit. But he's not about that. He just wants the game to be good for players so that they can get a good game. And uh, I want to say now publicly, that's not why I want the game to be good. I, I want, want it the to, game be good. to be good. Yeah, sorry.
0: I, I want it for both reasons.
1: Well, it's good for th- everyone. To my mind, that's obvious. That's why I don't agree with how Pyramoncer sort of yeah. phrased it. Because the framing of, from Pyramoncer's perspective, is that I don't want the game to be good because, you know, I want players to have a good game. No, I only want the game to be good for me. Because he did say yeah. that those content creators that say that is uh, just selfish. And I was like, no, because if the game is good, so good, in fact, that it offers competition to other MMOs, then it, by by definition, is good for its players. Yeah, exactly. Like Players are, by definition, having fun. And I'm one of those fucking players. So it's, it's I want just the like, game to be good for me. It's like,
0: obviously, I want the game to be good because I want to play it. I also want the game to be good because another good game in the MMORPG genre will make the genre better as a whole, whether that yeah. is ESO being good, Guild Wars 2 being good, and again, it is also another option that I can play. I think that one of the problems, uh, potentially with Pyromancer as well, I think, is that he has this thing where I want to make a video talking specifically about this, but it's this one-game mindset that a lot of people have, where they have their one game that they play, and that needs to be the only game that they play. They don't want to play anything else, they just want to play this one-game and I think that that's actually bad. You end up in situ, cause like I've been down that road, where I, I was only playing world of Warcraft for a good portion of my life. And I was shutting myself off to a lot of other video games that were very interesting. And when I stopped and I, and I, you know, I, I stopped playing world of Warcraft and I bought a Wii and I started playing like, um, uh, Zelda princess of twilight, whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. I was like, Oh, there's boss fights in this game as well. And they're pretty fun. And I'm not dependent on 20 other people to know what the fuck they're doing. I just have to yeah. figure this out and I do the boss fight and it's fun. And then from there I went Demon Souls, Dark Souls, down all of these crazy challenging games. And it was good because then yeah. I can also go back to World of Warcraft if I feel like it. I can go back to this other thing. I think it's always good to play more than one game because yeah. that way you never come to resent the game that you're playing because you've burned out on it.
1: Yes. I can agree with that. Like I can fully agree with that. I think. I think where I'm, uh, where I'm at, it, it is a case of I want all the games to be good because yeah. I want more games to play. The thing is, I I am gonna get bored of WoW, and then I want something else to play. But then when yep. I'm bored of that, I want to come back to WoW and still have as much fun as I had the first time I logged in. So I want it 100% because I am I am fucking selfish. I want a good game. End of discussion. I don't give a fuck. And yeah, I do think that it's a massive problem. All these people that basically only play one game because it really limits your ability to, uh, I think, I think it limits your ability to understand the shortcomings, but also the good things that your game has. Yep. Uh, And you only really discover how good or bad your game is once you start playing other games. And you're like, oh bro, I didn't know that things could be this way. That's quite huge, right? So yeah, but, I, I...
0: But unfortunately, a lot of games end up... Uh, when you're a content creator, a lot of games end up having like uh, tribalist communities, which, Yes. you know, I, I still get exposed to some of those every now and then they show up on my streams and they'll be like, oh, I can't believe you're playing World of Warcraft or sometimes the other way around. Oh, I can't believe you're playing Final Fantasy 14." And it's like, what I have to say to those people is, and guess what? You're not going to believe what I'm going to be playing next week when I play New World or when I play Guild Wars 2 or when I play Monster yeah. Hunter or when I play whatever the fuck. You're going to keep not believing it because all you care is about your one fucking game. So go play yeah. your one fucking game and get the fuck out of here. I'm not going to be a one-game Andy for the rest of my fucking life. It's not
1: happening. I can't just play one game. I get bored too quickly. Yeah, exactly. It would just not work for me. I need to play many games, so... Very yeah, I, so. I just sort of... I wanted to bring that up about Pyro because I do... I, I sometimes wonder, like... I don't know. It just sometimes feels weird how you'll turn a perfectly normal thing into some kind of attack when, you know, it's just... No one meant anything bad when they said they want Wild to be good because that would provide competition for Final Fantasy. No one meant anything fucking insidious about it there was nothing evil or horrible about it It was just their opinion you know that's what they want i think uh yeah it was kind of weird to me i
0: i think that there's something um about about pyro um which is and and i don't want to like you know i don't want to like rail against another content creator it's whatever but i do feel like he has he has sometimes some problems dealing with criticism you know like like, he, he, he doesn't strike me as one of those guys that can be talking to his audience and just be like, well, we'll have to agree to this, agree on that, and it's whatever, right? Whereas to me, yeah. that's usually what I default to. If I, like, I'll try to engage with someone, I'll say, okay, here's my reasoning for this. They'll say, okay, here's my reasoning for this. And I'm like, okay, I don't agree, it's whatever. But he'll be like, no, you're wrong. Like, you know, when, pe- when people pushed back to him on a controller thing and they said, no, controller is a perfectly valid way to play the game. And he's like, no, you're wrong. Like, you'll say that, but you'll be, like, ironic about it. He'll be like, no, you're you're fucking wrong. Controllers are bad. And people kept pushing. They are
1: bad. (laughs) There you go. Just want to make sure that we all know where I'm standing on this debate. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know,
0: the, the funny thing is I've, I've seen comments that actually take you seriously they're like man Echelon is so fucking wrong they're, they're mad about it <laughs> and I'm just like I'm telling you he doesn't give a fuck he will say he does he doesn't
2: <laughs> don't a,
1: I don't give a crap dude I, I like more choice yeah, which is exactly. why when Blizzard announced that they're doing more controller options I wasn't angry at that as long as they don't fucking announce that they're removing mouse keyboard options, yeah. I'm perfectly fine with them adding more options for people to play the game the way that they want to play as, it. As a,
0: as a matter of fact, it, it's actually good for you because with these controller things, they added one where you can just bind shadowbolt to a key, and then you can just keep that key pressed, and you're you're you just, yeah, just shadowbolt shadow shadow
2: like
1: a fucking maniac. Yeah, th- there um, you
0: go. That's how you play.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. I I'm all for choice. Plus, you know. Um, it's not my job to make sure that you're playing your game correctly. If you want to use a fucking controller to ruin your gaming experience, <laughs> yeah, I'm is. not gonna stand in your fucking way, right? <laughs> uh, like, but don't come complain to me when you're like, "Oh my god, I can't fucking do this and I can't do that." Boo! Use mouse and keyboard, bitch. Like <laughs> that's just how it goes, right? Um, but no, I I sort of like, he does get stun locked quite heavily, right? He's yeah. one of those. He's very much. One of those guys that his community can stunlock the fuck out of him. And then he just goes apeshit on this one fucking viewer that's just saying random shit. So That, that is just know, trying
0: to get a rise out of him, too. Yeah, like...
1: usually they are just trying to get that rise because they know he's got a short fuse yeah. and they know that they can stunlock him um, into like an hour's worth of ranting. But no, I, I mean, I back in the days of WoW, I considered Pyro a friend. I still consider him a friend. You know, I I'm very honest with my criticisms around everything. I I've never held back. Just because we're friends doesn't mean if you do something fucked up, you can bake your ass and I'm gonna call you out on it. And it's important how it goes.
0: It's important because nowadays I think that people almost see like if somebody criticizes you, like that is somehow a bad thing. It's like no, if somebody criticizes you, probably means they care. They want you to like fucking be better and succeed. As opposed yeah. to just being like, oh, no, you're fine. You're going to be okay. Don't worry about it. It's just like, no, you." Yep. sometimes people need to hear tough criticism. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. And I'll say it to anybody.
1: I mean, I think there, there, there's obviously, this is the internet. So there are guys that's literally just calling you out because they want to hurt you or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but that usually, I don't go that far with people that I like. Um if I don't know you for jack shit, you can bet your ass I'm going to say whatever the hell I want. But if I do know you, I'm going to be careful to phrase my my criticism or my disagreements in such a way that it doesn't come across as me just being a dick. But I do want to highlight the fact that I didn't appreciate the way that Pyro phrased that. Um, because yeah. it, it somehow, like, simultaneously through me and a bunch of under, other content creators under the bus. It was like, because I said that. I said those exact words. I want World of Warcraft to be good because it offers competition to Final Fantasy. Yeah. And there was nothing nefarious or insidious about what I said. It's just, that's the fucking truth. I've, you know? um,
0: I've said the same thing probably at some
1: point. Hmm. So yeah, I, I just wanted to address that. You know, so I, I was watching yeah. the video, and when he said that, uh, shortly after that, he, he said that he's not playing WoW. Well. And I was like, okay, then fucking good. No worries. Um, you know, I was actually okay. hoping that he would come back to Dragonflight because I've always enjoyed his lore videos very much. Um, so it, it is kinda sad that he isn't coming back to Dragonflight, but at the same time, I do understand his opinions there. He feels like Final Fantasy is just a better game for him. And uh, you know, if, if that is if that is his thing, that is his thing. And and I'm I'm I hope that he enjoys the next leg of Final Fantasy story, because I know that you guys are getting closer to, like, really starting to see what the next, shall we say, chapter of Final Fantasy is?
0: Uh, I'm assuming it's going to be at some point next year. That's what I would expect for the for the next expansion, because yeah. they're, they're usually pretty steady about it. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, soon you'll know. Well, I'm just saying soon because there's probably going to be cinematics and stuff quite soon, uh, probably within the next three, four months. We'll start seeing the first Final Fantasy XIV cinematics for the next expansion. I, I have which... no idea.
0: <laughs> I don't know. But it's like I'm, Final Fantasy XIV, when it comes to MMOs, it's, I think it's always going to be my main one for sure, because I'm I'm still Savage rating, still haven't cleared the current tier of content because we're blind progging, but yeah, it's
1: really cool. Yeah. You see, I'm not like that at all. Uh, For me, I don't think I'll ever have a main MMO again. I'll just play whatever, you know? Yeah. I'll just play whatever I feel like at the time. So right now, I'm not really in the mood to play Final Fantasy, so I don't. Because um, Final Fantasy, playing Final Fantasy on stream is a massive commitment like it is you have to read everything and you have to do it with feeling and you have to be really present and uh i'm just not in the right hate space for that shit yep i it's
0: it's it's it's, again i think that it's only a good stream game for certain people i don't think it's a good stream game for everyone it's a good stream game for a certain type of person and one of the things that I think is it might it might not even be a good stream game from the story at least for me, but like doing the activities afterwards, it's fantastic. But yeah, anyway, um, continuing onwards, we have the news that Embracer Group is shutting down Square Enix Montreal two months after buying it. And apparently yeah. it appears to be a, a part of a pivot to move away. From mobile games, because this is the studio that worked on, uh, what do they say here? Hitman Go, Hitman Lara Go. Croft Go, Deus Ex yeah. Go, and all of these things. And I'm just like, hey, if you're moving away from um, from mobile games oh, wow. to me, whew, that is a rare thing when you see a company that's like, yeah, we actually, we want to do something else. I instantly became yeah. more of a fan of the Embracer group for, for, for at least to see what they, they work on next. But yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know why they would move away from mobile because mobile is massive. Uh, I think it,
0: I think it might be because the oversaturation. There's too many big players moving into mobile including even Microsoft like if the deal goes through. They're also yeah. going to be a big player in the in the mobile market although they're basically just using the Activision Blizzard IP so.
1: Yeah. That is actually that is actually a good point that I didn't even think about. You do in the mobile space. It's it's no longer the wild west. It's not. It's
2: yeah, grossly it's,
0: saturated.
2: I mean, yeah, it's still the wild west have,
0: in terms of like people will straight up steal, uh, steal your your concepts. Like I'm pretty sure I saw it the other yeah. day like some random survival game like an ad where they mm-hmm. they literally stole Microsoft's logo, State of the K, except they call their game State of Survival, whatever the fuck. But they were oh, just straight up stealing assets and shit from State of the K. And it was very clear that they were just like copy pasting Microsoft shit to make a zombie survival game. But yeah, that that shit still happens. It's still the wild west in that aspect. It's just harder to get a foothold
1: in there. I mean, the problem. Yeah, that's the that's the point. Sort of like you now have all of these AAA companies that's moving into the mobile space. So you can bet your ass that very soon IP protections are going to be coming uh, a lot stronger uh, in that sense. These companies are probably gonna push for a massive overhaul of app stores because they have the money behind them and they have the lobbying groups to do it. So um, yeah, it might be that Embracer just thought, we don't have the resources to really fight all of these AAA guys. And not only do like, we don't want to fight all of these over overblown AAA guys. So we're gonna get out of this space and get back into it. Also, I think the other problem that I, I I think Embracer has is all of their current IPs. I don't think make good mobile games. Like Tomb Raider is almost never going to be a great mobile experience, no matter what you do. I don't think it's ever going to really work as a mobile game. You know Hit what, man? Make... Can kind of, but not really. Yeah. yeah.
0: You know what makes me happy about this is that <laughs> um, one of the. One of the IP that they these guys have gotten from purchasing the because they purchased a bunch of Square Enix studios as a part of that three hundred million deal because uh, the 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 Square Enix guy was going like we're going all in on NFTs let's fucking go yeah. and let me yep. sell all this IP away. One of the IP they got was Legacy of Kane. and I'm just like yeah. oh, I fucking love Legacy of Kane. Come on, give me a Dude, new I- fucking Soul Reaver man.
1: Yeah, I would. I actually loved playing Soul Reaver way back in the day. I would even settle just for a remake. You know, if they just did a remake of Soul Reaver, like brought it up to PlayStation Five, Xbox X and PC versions of, can you imagine, dude? Dude, that game is gonna be insane on Unreal Engine Five. That's where Soul Reaver to go, baby. Was,
0: Like, I, I even remember. Um, at one point, I was, um, I was, I was writing these like short stories, like really. Really lame shit because everybody wants to be a writer at some point, right? And I called Mm -hmm. my sword the Phoenix Reaver because of Soul Reaver because also Soul Reaver had, like, the blade coming out. It was so cool, dude. Soul Reaver was awesome.
1: I mean, it was a good game, and I I really hope that that they do another one or just do a remake, kind of like how excited I am for The Witcher 1 remake because it's sort of the same thing. But, yeah, it's a big story. Um We don't yet know a lot of details. There was literally one article that we could find, yeah, uh, on this. Uh, But you know, hopefully we get a little bit more information because, yeah, just closing an entire mobile department, like just because that entire department was literally mobile, that's what they did, and uh, they even changed their name uh, shortly before, yeah, Yeah. Onama. Shortly before the acquisition went through, they. Onoma. They changed their name to Onoma uh, because, you know, the new acquisition and they're now part of the Embracer group. And then Embracer goes in and like, nah, never mind. Uh, You guys can go to Onoma,
0: Onoma, Onoma gonna work here anymore anyway, bye.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much, right? So yeah, they're now now closed. Um, Let's see what Embracer comes up with next because Embracer has access now to a number of really good IPs. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the Deus Ex IP, which wins the last time a new game came out in Deus Ex. I believe uh, they're
0: working on a new one. They said something about uh, in this article, actually, about uh, them working. Yeah, it says here, uh, Bloomberg sources suggested some of Venoma's staff would be transferred to Eidos Montreal following the closure, where a new Deus Ex is reported to be very early development.
2: Yeah,
1: I know there's a new Tomb Raider being developed right now as well. So you have Deus Ex, you have Tomb Raider, you probably have another Hitman coming at some point soon. Uh, So, you know, they want to focus on those AAA studios, those AAA AAA titles, and they really want to go ball to the wall with those. So I hope it really works out for them, because of those games, I am a massive Tomb Raider fan, like super Tomb Raider fan. So I I can get another Tomb Raider...
0: Yeah, Listen, I fucking love that. If you if you like Tomb Raider, you know what you'd love? You Got to yeah. play some Uncharted, my guy. You're gonna love Uncharted. I've
1: never played Uncharted. Uncharted 4
0: probably. is isn't it on PC right now? Uncharted 4, I think it is. It Actually, be, but- I think I think they have the whole trilogy. Dude, you would if you like Tomb Raider, you would love Uncharted. Uncharted is so good. Dude. I did
1: like the I I loved the the uh, the movie. I watched the movie not long ago the uncharted movie it was a pretty cool movie i've
0: heard i've heard bad things from the uncharted movie so if you like the movie dude you would go mental for the games particularly like uncharted 2 is amazing and uncharted 4 is amazing the one that i haven't played yet is actually uncharted 3 but uh, yeah. yeah uncharted overall is amazing that's but really it's, uh, really good first person right no third person
1: is the third person okay
0: like listen go. do you like indiana jones yeah Nathan Drake is can. the modern Indiana Jones.
1: Okay. Yeah, then I'll I'll definitely if it's third person I'm on board.
0: Yes, it's I third person. That. And by the way, here's another thing that I can tell you. When I got the PlayStation 3, I started um I I bought a PlayStation 3 uh and it, it was like it was very it was a little bit late into the console's life cycle, so I bought a bundle. And the bundle that uh-huh. I brought that I bought had, I don't remember which game it was, uh, and it had Uncharted 2. But I remember thinking to myself, well, I don't really want Uncharted 2. I don't give a shit about this, but whatever. So I bought the console, and one day I'm like, okay, let's check out this Uncharted 2 game. I already have it. It's free. It's whatever. So I put in the disc, and I was like, holy shit. So for starters, I had no practice on controller at the time because I had been mm-hmm. a PC gamer all my life. So yeah. I didn't I didn't have that dexterity to aim with a controller, and Uncharted 2's aiming was so good be, with a little bit of aim assist and shit that that yeah. was the only game that I could actually play and aim and have fun in with a controller. I was like, what the fuck is going on? It's wild. Wow. It's really, really good. It's it's amazing. Like, the, the attention to detail, and not just that, but like, you know how some games, they don't do going from uh, gameplay into cinematic very well?
2: Yeah. Uncharted
0: 2 are masters at that. They will go from gameplay into cinematic back into gameplay and you're like whoa i'm back in the game what's going on it's crazy it's really really
1: good dude i i, I mean tomb raider has the same thing right where it yeah, will yeah, just yeah. goes seamlessly from this is you playing and then suddenly you're into a uh into a cinematic so yeah I, i'd be on board with that because i love tomb raider so yeah, yeah. i would definitely you should try it out you definitely should check it out
0: Anyway, that brings us to the final topic for today. And this is the one where I believe we are going to clash. That means that we're going to fight. We're going to hate each other forever. We're going to end the podcast because, yeah, there's listen when it comes to online conflict, there never is a peaceful resolution. There is only scorched earth. And that is what we're going to do because we're
1: going to disagree on that. I'm going to get my entire community to cancel you.
0: Yes, and I'm going to do the same. We're going to have our communities clash against one another. Everybody needs to hate each other. There's going to be Akko and Ruri and it's going (laughs) to (laughs) be... Anyway. It's going to be epic. So the news is Microsoft has invested in a Korean blockchain gaming company. They're called WeMade and they also work on the MIR series of MMO games uh, I looked we I looked up briefly one of their games which is MIR 4 and it is one of those games that is a piece of shit mobile port that you just slap on to Steam and then you hit the autoplay button and the game fucking plays itself which yeah, uh, yeah that's, uh, that's pretty fucking bad all around as far as I'm concerned but uh, why don't I you mean, tell it- me how you feel about Microsoft investing in a Korean blockchain company and then we can take it from there
1: All right, so in order to understand this, uh, I need to explain something. Do I like that Microsoft is investing in this company? No, not at all. Because I don't think blockchain currently is where it needs to be. Uh, Right now, everyone that gets into blockchain gets into blockchain for a quick buck. That's it. It's literally to make as, as much money as humanly possible before it dies because that's what happens to every single NFT game. All of them, they start really well. And the people that get in very early make a massive amount of money. And then they basically keep their money by convincing other people to also get in and just, you know, lose a shit ton of money effectively. Because right now those games are made not with the, fun aspect of video games in mind. It's made with the let's make money. So that's what all of these games are about. It's about making as much money as possible. Now, in saying that, I do believe that blockchain has a future. Not now, because the greed first has to get fucked. So these guys have to get to a point where they start losing millions of dollars because of blockchain, because the the, the people have just grown sick and tired of the constant fucking quick buck bullshit. Because right now it's a gamble, right? You're gambling effectively, that's what you're doing. And everyone's mad on the gambling thing, but people have to get off that. Because there are elements to the blockchain game environment that could be really good for the future of video games. You know, the idea, and I realize that a lot of people don't like the whole play to earn uh, uh, mantra. But imagine if you were playing Call of Duty and and you're playing and you're playing and you're playing and suddenly drops a skin, you know, and this is like a super fucking OP skin and you can sell that skin for a couple of hundred bucks because it is such an OP skin. But Call of Duty is actually fun. And the company is actually doing their best to make sure that bots and cheaters are banned from the game. So they're not allowing this shit because currently NFT games don't do that. They allow all the bots because at the end of the day, they just want to make the money. And that means that no matter whether it's a bot that gets those items or whether it's a person that gets those items, whenever those items get traded on on the market, they make money, right? So that's all they care about. But what would be the problem? Because right now, if you get a skin in a game like Call of Duty that you don't want, what do you do with it? Nothing, right? It's just now a skin that you have. But what if you could sell it? Would that really be such a bad thing?
0: Why do you need the blockchain for that?
1: The blockchain makes it easier in terms of what currency would be used where that currency would go the blockchain does make it easier
0: you understand that what you are describing already exists in counter-strike go
1: yeah but counter-strike go is sort of like a very early version of that plus the marketplace for for counter-strike go is is sort of somewhat uh it's a it's also very populated with bots at the minute right I don't know,
0: but, like, Counter-Strike Go skins is, like, a really big market. I don't follow it because I don't give a shit about Counter-Strike Go or anything like that. But everything that you've just described already exists in the Steam market. Because, like, fundamentally, the Counter-Strike Go ecosystem is the Steam marketplace. So you can just, like, Uh, you know how you can buy shit on the Steam marketplace? You can do the exact same thing right now. with uh, Yeah, but remember...
1: The whole point of the blockchain is that privacy thing, it's that control, that ownership thing, that this is yours and you can do with it what you want. I kind of,
0: listen, I don't know a whole lot about the blockchain, but I feel like the whole privacy, privacy thing is grossly overstated because you constantly see you know, investigations uh, from CoffeeZilla and some ordinary gamers and shit like that. And they will track down the money from wherever the fuck it came from to all of the accounts. And they'll associate those accounts to people. Yeah, like that's I, not the- I actually think it's the opposite because like if something is in the bo- in the blockchain, you can follow its path down to wherever the fuck it came from, to wherever the fuck yeah, it goes. Yeah, but you need-
1: yeah, but here's the thing you need the actual wallet first
0: yeah the wallet
1: addresses yeah but you have to understand the problem is the things that coffee zilla does for example uh the content creator that he sort of exposes already shared his wallet because that's how he got people to pay now once you have the wallet key yes it is yeah. infinitely better than even our money systems that we have today because the there is it's all on the ledger it's easy. Yeah. That's, by the way, another reason why the blockchain is most likely the future of, of everything. You even see central banks now coming up with a central digital currency because uh, the CBDC, right? Central banking uh, digital currency, because it is so much more advanced, but you need the original wallet. If you don't yeah, have but, but my original like, wallet, you can't do jack shit because what let's, transaction are you going to track?
0: Let's, let's put it like this. What you've just described, like I told you, already exists, and you don't need the blockchain to do it. The one thing that you're saying could potentially be good would be for privacy reasons, but still doesn't really like, you know, you don't need to go to the blockchain to sell um, a modern warfare skin. You can just make a marketplace of your own and you can just sell it. You don't need the blockchain. You don't need NFTs. You don't need any of this you bullshit.
1: Not, you might not need them, but if they function the same as the marketplace then what's the problem
0: if they function the same as the marketplace what's the problem where it's the, it's the fact that the the servers aren't nearly as um efficient at processing the requests as the market the the current marketplaces because you have to go to the blockchain blockchain is generating all of those uh servers that are like what do they call it it's not the the mining they're they're doing all the fucking crypto shit. <laughs> the
1: proof of stake. Know. The proof of stake stuff. Yeah, the, the proof of, of stake. Stuff. Exactly.
0: The, the proof of stake, the proof of work. Those are things hmm. that fundamentally take up a lot of resources, which are needless. You don't need that friction to be in games.
1: All right. So the, just to be clear, the proof of stake stuff takes up no resources. That's the, that's depends the on, depends
0: there. on which, depends on which coin you're talking about.
1: Well, all coins that run proof of stake take up no resources. They, they are super fast. Uh, they Even Ethereum is moving away from mining now with their new proof of stake uh, holding. So all of those graphics cards that people bought is dead now effectively because you can't mine it anymore. The only coin that is still 100% on proof of work is Bitcoin, right? Um, and Bitcoin will probably never get off that because the way Bitcoin is set up no one can really make a decision. Within Bitcoin, it's supposed to be like the ultimate free coin. Uh, so no central person or in- industry thing can, can guide it. Um, but never mind. You know the-, the whole the resources argument, uh, even then, doesn't make a lot of sense because 80% of all cryptocurrencies are mined on renewable energy anyways. Uh, if you look at where most of those mines are, They're in countries where most of their energy comes from renewable sources anyways, because it's cheaper. That's why they mine there. Uh, So the resource thing isn't so much, it's the ease of use, it's the access. And again, what I want to say is, we're talking the future here. I'm not talking about the now, because the now, I think those things can fucking die. I don't give a shit about any of them. And I'm not like the the most knowledgeable on this. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm some kind of fucking, you know, uh, guru on this shit, but I can see a future where something like the blockchain eventually becomes a massive part of the gaming industry of all industries. Really? You know, I can see a future where something like Netflix exists on the blockchain, uh, just because it's so much easier. It's so there's so much more access And most of those infrastructures already exist. Whereas, if you want to make a marketplace, you either have to use the Steam Marketplace. But let's say, for example, if you're Call of Duty, you you're not going to want to use the Steam Marketplace, right? If you're Call of Duty, you're going to want to make your yeah, you're going to make Battle.net. So first, you have to design and develop your marketplace. Players then have to use your marketplace. And then let's say, for example, EA and Battlefield wants to come up with their own marketplace. Well, now players have to connect to that one too and eventually you have to be connected to like 25 marketplaces because all of your favorite games have a marketplace this is what the blockchain is trying to solve is that idea of you have one wallet you have one key and it works everywhere so you can go from whatever game you're playing to whatever game you're playing now there's a lot of over promised bullshit there where they go, you get one skin in one game you can use in all games. That's bullshit. That's, yeah. That's just people that don't know how the fucking gaming, how gaming coding and computing works. Uh, but the fact that you can have one wallet and use it everywhere, right? And and it'll it'll just work everywhere because it's on the same blockchain. That's where the future lies. But in order to get there, we have a long way to go. We have a very long way to go.
0: I don't think that um, I don't think that the blockchain is going to be the future, Uh, particularly because when you look at the way that it's been completely unstable in the markets. And again, I'm not I'm not particularly good at analyzing markets to begin with, but just like to think that some people went from being fucking millionaires or even billionaires to being dirt poor like that in the span of like two months or something like that. Like the mm-hmm. NFT, the, the the whole thing about the blockchain to me just feels like one big giant casino, just like the stock market. Which is, uh, during the the craze of GME and all of this shit, I was following yeah. some stock at market, um, some people that were doing some stock at market analysis, and a yeah. lot of them would even jokingly say, "Okay, guys, the." The doors to the the world's biggest casino are about to open. And it's like, yeah, that's exactly what the fucking stock market is. It's a goddamn casino, which is kind of like the same yeah. thing. I see stock market as a casino. I see blockchain as a casino. All of these things, it's basically fucking gambling nowadays. That's see, basically is, what it is.
1: Yeah, yeah, but this is why I said you have to look at the future. You can't look at the now. So one of the things, there's a guy that I follow. Yeah, it's actually a very famous guy, so I don't have to speak as if he's obscure. Charlie Munger, right? Uh, he's uh, he's the partner for he's Warren Buffett's partner. Um, he actually made this point very very recently where he said the biggest issue right now in the world is the gambling or the gamblers in the stock market versus the long like the the long haul guys the guys yeah. who's in it so for example I have shares right uh, I have about 10 companies in which I own shares and I buy every month. Into those companies. I don't even look what the shares do, whether they go up or down, doesn't bother me. I'm in it for the long game. I'm in it for the next 10, 20, 30 years. I know what these companies do, I trust them, and I believe that they're gonna make money no matter what. So that's why I'm there. I don't give a fuck whether it goes up or down or wherever it goes, because I'm not gambling. I'm I'm literally buying a stake in a company, and that's it. That's what the blockchain is going to become, in my opinion. But that is only going to happen once rationality starts sitting in. So we do need some form of regulation uh, to, and the stock market needs it too. So Charlie Doesn't Munger that- actually suggested uh, that you get, um, you tax people on short-term gains. So very heavy taxes on short-term gains. In other words, if you bought bought a stack this mo- uh, stock this morning and you sell it this afternoon, the government takes 60% of whatever the fuck you make there because that's the gambling part of it it's day trading it's the people that they buy when the stock is at $20 and then they sell when the stock is at $25 but the problem is if enough people do that the stock starts going on the seesaw thing where it goes yep. up to 25 then it crashes to 20 then it goes up to 25 then it crashes to 20 and then it goes up because now all of them are fucking high on as 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 fuck on hopium so then it goes 25 30 35 40 but the stock is actually worth 15. So it's up to 200, but it's worth 15 because all these gamblers are just going, oh, buy, 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 because they want to make a short buck, right? They want to make a quick buck. And Charlie Munger is saying, tax the fuck out of those guys because it's destroying the markets. The market is supposed to be, if you buy a share at $20, you're buying that share at $20 because that share is worth $20. $20. If you look at what the company's doing, you look at the amount of profit they're making and the money that they're making and all that, that share is worth $20. That's why you bought it. So for example, I make all of my money out of dividends. Dividends, uh, you know what that is, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I make all of my money out of dividends. I don't make my money out of the stock going up or the stock coming down. The only way in which stocks going up and down influence me is your dividend payment gets more the more a stock is worth but that is usually tied to how much the company actually makes, or it should be at least. So yeah, that's sort of, uh... look, it's a brand new technology. Brand new technologies always first get misused. Always. Yeah, the,
0: the thing the thing about it is the, the whole concept, whenever it comes to their application to video games, it always ends up being around the concept of artificial scarcity. And I don't think that that is a particularly good thing. And I don't no. think that... The, the the biggest problem with play to earn is that it fundamentally transforms video games into jobs. You can't, you can't change this because even right now when that technology is not there in World of Warcraft and people are still making a fuck ton of money by grinding gold and selling it to, to people cheaper than what Blizzard sells it to you through WoW tokens. Yeah. So even in video games now, uh, people form these side markets. If you put this market into the actual, you know, into an actual formal thing where people can go and exploit it, I fundamentally don't think that a video game is ever going to be fun because basically people will ruin it. It's that simple. People will destroy the economy of every single video game that ends up on the blockchain. Like, that economy is going to be destroyed for the normal player fundamentally in every conceivable way that you can imagine. And they, the another thing about this article is they also say that these people, the we made or whatever they have their own nft auction site already with plans to introduce their own economy platform which supports nfts and dao decentralized autonomous organizations and collectively owned organizations with no central authority so it's just like all of this all of this stuff essentially generates these um these economies that are going to be absolutely obliterated by Chinese gold farmers that already exist in World of Warcraft. They're already, like, look at the World of Warcraft economy overall. It's fucking terrible. It's been destroyed. It's been shredded beyond any shadow of a doubt. Like, anybody that has a doubt how fucking shredded the economy is, all I have to tell you is, like, as a new player during Shadowlands, you were expected to be able to pay up to, like, 500,000 gold for your legendary item, which was a key feature of the expansion. I've never even had 500,000 gold on any of my characters. Mm. Like, I was playing with people that have been playing the game for much longer than me, and they just gave me the gold to buy my legendary. But a regular yeah. player, and this is because these people valued the, what I brought to the table as a skilled player, but, like, for a regular yeah. player that doesn't know people in the game, that doesn't know people that play the auction house and are fucking auction house goblins, that player is yeah. never going to have 500,000 gold. It's never going to happen. Yeah. And the prices are going to keep soaring more and more because, quite simply, there's easy access to gold through third-party websites and even through the WoW token. So people are just kind of like, yep, pay to win, let's go. And this is essentially what this pay to earn is going to become. It's not really pay to earn, it's pay to win. It becomes a complete job. It's just that simple of a thing. And that is why I do not support it all. And I should also bring up that a while ago, Microsoft head of gaming, Phil Spencer, publicly said NFT games feel more exploitative than about entertainment, adding in August that he was cautious about play to earn crypto games, saying it creates a workforce out of players, which is exactly what I've talked about. But now our boy, Phil Spencer is kind of like walking it back a little bit. He's like, we made some comments Um, in Minecraft about how we view NFTs in this space because we saw people doing things we thought were exploitative in our product. We said we don't want that. I think sometimes it's a hammer looking for a nail when these technologies come up, but the actual human use or player use, in our case, of these technologies, I think there could be some interesting things. So now all of a sudden it's like, well, we think this is bad, but if we're the ones doing it, we think it's going to be real good. Get the fuck out of here, dude. Well,
1: again, it boils down to. So all of that will be countered by a company that actually cares about the longevity of their game. Because right now. Like you said, the the blockchain incentivizes the quick buck. Those games are very bad. Uh, and I've played a couple of NFT games. Uh, believe me, they're very bad. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're very boring, very bad, very stupid. Mainly, they're there to make money. So they know that this game doesn't have a lifespan. It, it's not going to last for a year or two years or three years or four years. It needs to make money quickly. So they basically act all hands off, let the markets go nuts. But this will change when you have companies like, say, for example, Xbox that spends $150 on making a decent fucking game, right? That's also incorporated into the blockchain. They want that game to last, say, for the next five, six, seven years. So now they have an incentive to make sure that there are no bots because they know that bots will destroy this fucking game. They have an incentive to ensure that it's not just about buying and selling and making a shit ton of cash. So they're going to design the game. I don't know how they're going to do it. We'll have to wait and see. Again, all new technologies are abused at the start. If you look at the printing price, when the printing price came out, the church used it to launch the fucking crusades. That's before the first nice books were ever printed. That it was used to launch crusades. Right, so all new technologies are always abused at the start. It takes time for us, as sort of a collective, to come together and say, "Right, no more. We're we're going to bring an end to this." And I do think that that is going to happen. But this is why I say I'm I'm a I'm I have two opinions. One is long form, and one is short term. Now, in that, I want to be clear in saying. I don't think that the blockchain is going to work for all types of games. I th- I can see games where the blockchain would make sense. If you go for your card games, like your Magic the Gathering, or your fucking uh, Hearthstone or shit like that, I actually think the blockchain could solve a lot of the issues that exist currently within those fucking games, because... You know, you have these cards that players basically have to buy pack after pack after pack after pack after pack after pack, of the, pack, of the, pack of the pack and hope that their card shows up. Whereas, if you add the blockchain, someone may get that card, maybe gets two, and just sells one of them on the on the. You blockchain. don't need the blockchain so for this. You can pick that up. You yeah, can, but whether you call it, it doesn't you matter. Can if you can make an auction market. house
0: in Hearthstone and sell your cards there. Yeah,
1: but this is why I told you it doesn't matter because what you're doing here is you're nitpicking on a word whether it's called the blockchain, whether it's called the marketplace, the blockchain is just the type of technology that this marketplace would run on. So you're just creating the marketplace. And the only thing you're saying here is, I don't want the marketplace. Because another thing that you have to understand, if you do it the normal way, so Steam, for example, the reason the Steam marketplace works the way that it works is because Steam actually has an office or rights in almost every country in the world so it's connected to banks in every country in the world which means when i buy a game on steam i'm not paying any transfer fees or swap fees or anything like that but when i buy world of warcraft i pay for the game and then i pay a fee because my rands have to be turned into dollars so i'm paying a fee on top of the game price for that sort of conversion to yeah. happen, right? Because the, the transaction conversion. has to happen. The blockchain removes that because you're not using, your currency is on the blockchain. That's where you're using it. There is no, oh, I want to buy this, but fuck, I'm going to have to spend $10 plus $2 because fees, okay? Or maybe uh Hearthstone thing- no fee- no f-
0: There's no fee to convert Bitcoin into Ethereum?
1: Uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum would be difficult to convert because they're not on the same blockchain. Again, we're talking future here, and so I'm talking in the future because I am one of those people that they're not actually even in the same that...
0: blockchain. I broke your no. argument, man. There is a, what the fuck?
1: No, you didn't because it would depend on the one that wins out. So the current th- there's currently two schools of thought. There's the one school of thought that suggests that all. Like, there's going to be a collection of cryptocurrencies that survive because they, no one wants the shit coins that's currently basically fucking Dogecoin's the, the Doge best, coins man.
0: Dogecoin's well, amazing.
1: It's a shit coin, right? But no one wants that because those coins have no value. Their technology isn't there. They basically just took the Bitcoin blockchain, just copy-pasted it and, and went with it. But then you look at companies like Cardano, for example, they're doing a shit ton of work in order, they're working with African countries, for example, to do on the blockchain voting so that there are people in their countries that live very far away from each other and they don't have the technology. And these com- these countries are also broke. So they can't get these mis- voting machines. So they're still voting by hand. They're helping them set up portals so that their people can literally just go on the blockchain and vote for who the next president needs to be and all that shit. So, There's technology that's driving these blockchains. They're working with very specific things in order to get this shit done, Um, and it's secure.
0: Feels like it'd be easier to get them a laptop so that they could vote digitally.
1: (laughs) You see, the problem with that, again, comes down to, on the internet, uh, authenticating who is voting for what becomes incredibly difficult because we've we've seen how these people can cheat it. Whereas, if you're on the blockchain and you are registered, your ID is attached to your wallet, you can't cheat that. It's your wallet. Your wallet will vote once and then it's done. Right. So, there's technologies behind these things and they're in their infancy. They have a long way to go, but you know, there, there's other technologies as well, which we can get into if we ever have a discussion on this. But at the end of the day, the whole point of the blockchain is to make these things faster, but also to make them universal. So I can sit in South Africa and I can send you money in Portugal, right? And it's instant. You you have that money within two minutes.
0: I can Whereas do that with PayPal. That, uh,
1: yeah, you can do that with PayPal with fees. But the problem is if I want to withdraw the money from PayPal, that takes a week for me. So if you bought something from me with PayPal, I will only send you that money. I will only send you that item in a week from now, once the money is cleared and is into my account. Because if I just sent it to you, you could cancel that uh, purchase on PayPal and then I lose the fucking money anyways, right? So there's a whole list of things where the blockchain, it's instant. You have instant access to this money. Uh, There's no extra fees. It's just literally bam, there you go. No questions asked. So the blockchain is trying to solve a lot of issues. But like I said, in the now, it's basically a scammer strain. That's what it is. It's just scamming. Everyone's just trying to make a quick buck. Everyone's just trying to win. This is one of the reasons I sold all of my crypto, because I don't believe that crypto right now is going anywhere. I I believe that the crypto markets need to be smashed into the ground and that only the ones that is worthwhile survives. Only the companies that is actually trying to make some technology uh, that moves the world forward survives. So that's sort of where I am on it.
0: We'll see see how it pans out. My stance is the same. I don't think that blockchain, I don't think you need the blockchain for doing most of the things that we talked about. Uh, I understand what you are arguing for. But uh, I also the research that I've done into blockchain, the whole resources thing that we're talking about. What my research told me is that it is incredibly wasteful. The processing power that they are currently using to do the proof of stake and all of that bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're telling me it's
1: not. It's like you know. So I, here's the here's the problem with all the research that people do. So if you type into into Google, um. It, anything like how much energy does does Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies use or anything like that, it references a paper. The problem is that no one ever tells you that the paper they reference is back in 2014. Back in 2014, uh, all of these crypto mining companies were starting, like all of these miners were starting up and they had these giant warehouses fold with fucking graphics cards and they were just mining away right just no but the stuff
0: here's the thing the the stuff that i've looked up was much more recent than 2004 and it did say that some of the Uh, coins are using different proofs of stake that do not use nearly as many
1: not not, that 2004 2014
0: yeah yeah, 2014 yeah What, what the stuff that i looked up was much more recent and it said that basically some of the coins are Using much better uh, stuff that doesn't use nearly as much resources. Some of them aren't, but it's like fundamentally, you don't need to use any of that, particularly in, when it comes to video games. That's what I'm saying. I think I think that if you're going to involve the blockchain, it's just going to become like they even state here—it's going to create a workforce out of players, and I don't know, I don't think that that is ever going to yeah. be a good thing. But uh, no, you know, but
1: again, it boils down to implementation and also oversight. You, who makes it, and how do they want to make it?
0: The the moment you put a monetary value that you can get out of a video game, mm-hmm. that's it. That's done. That, that, that's the way that I look at it. Uh, and I'm not, I mean, not going to change my mind. <laughs> there's, there's yeah, but, no then you
1: have, but then you have something like, uh, like uh, CSGO that has had a monetary value on things that you can get, and that game has survived and thrived all these years. Yeah. So how is that game doing that? Right?
0: How is the game doing that? Well, I don't play the game. I specifically don't play it because I don't want to engage with any of those things to begin with. I'm like, no, fuck that shit. Whatever. But it's like in that game, those items also don't give you an in-game advantage. It's literally just skins. Whereas in in a lot of these games, like in a lot of the current games, like the whatever it was called, that stupid little blobby game that they had. I forget what the name of it was those things uh, will actually allow you to pow- buy more powerful items, which I still believe is going to be the case for most video games when they continue to implement blockchain technologies. They will want to uh, implement things that can give you an in-game advantage because that is going to get players to actually trade for things. And it's always going to affect the economy of the game, period, because that the currency of whatever game they make is going to be somehow directly connected to something that you can get on the blockchain. Because if it's going to, you know monetize the game through the blockchain then the currency of that game is going to become valuable in a way that directly correlates to currency outside of the game Mm -hmm. which is basically where we're at with world of warcraft and the wow token which is fucking terrible
1: yeah but like i said i don't think all games are going to work on the blockchain but i can see use case scenarios for some games uh, and all blockchain is is just a simplification of already existing systems it's just making it simpler that's why they call it web three uh you had web one now we we exist within the world of web 2 and then web three is blockchain it's the next level uh, so to speak right so I, it's, I it's just about connecting uh connecting people more the problem with dis- disagreeing here is you are basically the guy in 1990 that says, I disagree with the internet.
0: No, no, like, no, 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 no. Don't, don't, yes, you don't are. do that equivalence.
1: No, 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 no. Yeah, but that's what you are. You're saying, I disagree You're, with progress.
0: No, 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 no. I don't disagree with progress. I disagree that blockchain is going to be progress.
1: Yeah, but blockchain is already progress. All you have a problem with is the current implementation of that. And I've already conceded, I hate the current implementation of it. But that's the that's thing. I don't the think thing. the technology is ready There's
0: nothing. There's nothing that blockchain can do for me right now that can help me in any way, in anything that I do in life.
1: Yeah, right now. But yeah, it, you don't it, know what that what, technology is going to look like in 10 years from now.
0: Yeah, but it's like the the basis of the technology usually dictates what you are going to get in the future light like you look at the internet right and the mm-hmm. internet has a huge security problem does it not there are huge security flaws with the internet the reason why those security flaws are there is because why was the internet built in the first place it was built as a military uh thing in the, the united mm-hmm. states they were using it to share information between military facilities the thing is uh, these facilities, like, you know, access to the internet was controlled by armed guards. Therefore, you didn't need security in the protocols back then. Because why? What, what, what is somebody going to do? that Somebody, uh, some unauthorized person is going to access the internet? No, there's going to be armed guards. They're not going to let that person access. You can't. The problem mm-hmm. is because these are the protocols that the internet is founded on. Once you go deep down enough into the protocols of the internet, fundamentally the idea is to share information and that is how people, you know, they end up gaining access to things that they shouldn't because they keep digging down into the lower and lower and lower layers of the internet, back down to those protocols from like whatever fucking year they were. And uh, yeah, they breach security. Either that or through exploits, backdoors, all of these different things that they implement. And considering that if you take that analysis of the internet today... You look at the analysis of what is the blockchain today. All the things that they are doing, that is going to be the basis for what the blockchain is going to be in the future. And I don't like the basis of what it is right now. Highly doubt I'm going to like it in the future either.
1: No, but what you just what you just said there, right? It's not blockchain. Isn't like a different internet. It's just the evolution of the internet. It's taking all of those vulnerabilities that the current Web two system has and it's patching it it's saying okay let's make it so that your information is yours and that you control where your information goes uh and if you don't want someone to have access to your information you block that because you just don't have to share that with them that's the point of blockchain now like i said that's that's the origins of it and they've already said the second we come up with quantum computing the blockchain is dead mainly because right now the blockchain you can
0: brute force everything with quantum computing yes
1: yeah but the problem is right now with blockchain technology you can't brute force that with modern technology yeah, we just don't have computers that can crack the codes there they're just too too for people secure.
0: for people that don't understand what brute forcing is it consists of testing six strings of characters to to figure out stuff like codes or, uh, in this case, would be blockchain blockchain technology is encrypted, so the information in the blockchain technology is encrypted. So it's kind of like it's it's a puzzle, and right now it's almost impossible for uh, the current technology that we have in computing to crack that puzzle of the encryption of the blockchain, which is why it works. Once quantum computing comes around, I mean, you can, by the the way, you can crack the encryption right now it's just it will take years, as in tens of years, maybe even hundreds of years, depending yeah. on the complexity of the encryption. So therefore, even though modern computing can do it, it can't do it in a usable time frame. Could, yeah, Whereas with quantum computing, you can do it in seconds. So
1: that's yeah. why, you know. But see, yeah. you just you so, just
0: even you just even said like once we reach quantum computing, blockchain is dead.
1: Yeah, but I mean, once we reach so, quantum so is everything everything's dead.
0: Yeah, so is everything else, like your email so, password. That's yeah, dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I forget mean, about it. You, you can have, have the most up with... complex email password in the world. Quantum computer goes like, boop, okay, got it. Yeah, here it is. Yeah, it's this I mean, the, random string of characters.
1: Yeah, the issue with quantum computing is it breaks everything we have. Uh, yeah. And at that point, we're going to need wave four in order to figure out what is the next step here. But Like I said, I I believe that blockchain is the future, but like with all other technologies, it has a long way to go before it figures out. Because there's a a number of things that blockchain can offer us, which again, this is gonna require the law to also catch up. But let's talk about ownership just for a quick second, because I know we're well over time (laughs) here. But let's talk about ownership, right? Because you'll hear this very often. You own this thing. Right now, that is complete bullshit. You own, you own nothing. nothing. If you buy it- a picture on the blockchain, that's not yours. You, it, like, it's just a picture. That's what it is. It, it, you don't have access to You can't ra- really say that this is mine because it's just a picture. But considering how blockchain works and the fact that it records all sales made automatically. So if I buy this picture from you, that goes on record. I have record of this and it's forever. I always have that record. It's automatic. If the law eventually changed to where you can sign copyright over to me through the blockchain, in other words, it's a simple document that I sign, you sign. now I have copyright of this thing, that solves So many headaches because in the modern era, if you want to copyright something, right? You first have to make the thing. Then you have to take the thing that you made to the offices of whoever the fuck in your country handles trademarks or copyright. And then you have to physically get it copyrighted. And now that's yours. And if something goes wrong, you have to take the guy to court and then you have to prove in court that this is in fact yours and you actually copyrighted it. The blockchain, because it is so secure and you can't fake it, it's like you go to court and you say, you don't even go to court. You just go to the police officer and go, I bought this thing. Here's the evidence. It's on the blockchain. I, I obviously couldn't fake this. This is my thing. I bought this thing. So it solves a million problems in one, but again, it requires change. It requires change in how the law works. It requires change in how the courts view things. It requires change probably some kind of new police department that needs to be established for these things. It requires a lot more than what they have now. This is why I'm disgusted with the modern day blockchain because it's selling promises that isn't real right now. It might be real in the future, but it's not real right now. And that's why people like you get really annoyed at it and I fully understand your annoyance because when someone tells you, yeah, I own this cat picture, you want to fucking kill yourself because, like, you bro, fuck you. You don't own that cat picture for shit. You just own it as long as the market exists. Like, if, if the market closes down, fuck your picture, you know? Um, and I fully understand why people get so angry with it. Uh, that's why I like the technology for its utility. I don't like the technology right now. I find the technology just disgusting. Anyway,
0: that's going to be it for this episode of the Frozen Sodium Throne. We'll see you guys in the next one. If you guys enjoyed it, hit the like button, subscribe, bell notification icon, all that jazz. Check out all things Aklon. He's going to be bringing you a lot of content for World of Warcraft over the next couple of days. So, uh, yeah. yeah, stay tuned. We'll see you guys in the next one. Stay strong. Stay safe. Peace out. Peace out.